Hello and welcome to Downtime Podcast, episode 145. Today is a very special sidecast episode. Side quest, sorry, not sidecast, side quest episode. And I have brought with me back from last week, DJB. What's up, man? What's up? Thank you for having me again. Yeah, dude, we had so much fun last time. I just wanted you to come back on. Yeah. Um. So uh, this kind of was something I was going to tack on to the last podcast, but I felt like this was something that is a lot bigger and should be talked about at length for like its own separate podcast. And I made it a side quest because I don't think it directly ties into video games um, as a whole. But uh, to get into the topic, and for those that are watching or have probably already seen, the name of this podcast is called Side Quest Japan. And that is because today we're going to be talking about Japan and um, kind of like what got us into like Japanese culture, anime, food, all that stuff. Uh, when I first met you, DJB, one of the things uh, we bonded over was we we had both gone to Japan at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I want to get into our experiences going to Japan for the first time. And I just want to like talk about how there's a lot of misconceptions with like Americans and Japanese culture, because a lot of people think that going to Japan is expensive where it's actually not in my experience, like Hmm. buying a plane ticket is the most expensive part. Well, okay. Hmm. I take that back. There are a lot of things you can do in Japan that are pretty expensive, but the most expensive part of my trips that I usually take are the plane ticket. Okay. Um, that being said, I feel like there's a lot of like cheaper things you can do. Like if you want to get sushi, you can go to like the, the turntable sushi places instead of going to the gourmet sushi places. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. I remember I remember going to one um, in uh, Shinjuku that was probably still, in my opinion, one of the best I've ever been like that. And and it was actually like reasonably priced, which was such a uh, <laughs> great thing about it. Is that the one with the game? Is that the one where you like play a game on the pad? No, I doubt it was. Keep in mind, when I was in Japan, it was like 2010. So it might have not even been like around back then. Oh, uh, I don't okay. know, maybe, but <laughs> no, but um, it it wasn't like that. It wasn't like some uh some unique experience type. It was just a very middle of the road type, like like traditional, like uh, uh conveyor belt type sushi place. But but it was legit, man. Yeah, it's those are the best places. Um, to be honest, and. It, not all the time will you go to a place and be like, I think I'm going to get the best food ever here because there, I've, I've been disappointed sometimes. And, um, in some cases, like the best places that I've been to don't have a menu in English <laughs> to say the least. Oh man. <laughs> I'm not talking about like Jiro dreams of sushi levels. It's like a little bit right. lower than that. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so before we talk more about, um, our experiences in Japan, I want to ask you, like, how influenced were you by Japanese culture when you were growing up? So, like, TV shows, toys, games, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's funny because uh, I 
I share a lot of similar interests um, with my cousin, Stephen, and uh, he always uh, accredits me for for um, his interest in Japanese culture and like uh, anime in general and and video games and stuff like that. And I like to me, that's kind of surprising because he's very he, like when especially when he's younger, he was like full on weeb status, you know? Oh, OK. Um, uh, but but see, the thing is, I was never like that. Like I. I, I I liked anime here and there. I um I play you know I just like video games and stuff. Um, and I gave him like my old Dragon Ball Z posters. Um, I guess and that's what where he like gets that from where he says oh it was it was it was me that got him into all that stuff. But but yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Like I I, I did like a lot of um, uh, the anime that would be. But see, like back when I was younger, there wasn't a lot of uh, anime av- available, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I just like the ones that they actually had brought to the West, you know, and I just watched the dubbed versions on on TV. And so that was like, but I I, I loved those shows, uh, you know, something it was something different. Um, I loved the, the different aspect of it. And I loved seeing like how um different culture other than western culture influences that uh that genre and so so there was that that i that i grew up with uh so you know um and and then and then of course the video games uh, i was a, i'm a huge jrpg fan mm. always been ever since i became a gamer pretty much um so so yeah and and jrpgs have so much personality so much uh there's a lot of influence um that you can tell when you're playing through a jrpg and and uh there's actually this really great series that i watch made by kotaku it's called like lost in translation and they kind of uh um juxtapose like the the english translation of a final fantasy game with the the japanese version and and um you know certain things that uh there's a context that might be missing um and and that's fascinating to me so so yeah, I mean that's pretty much where a lot of my influence um, comes from. Oh, and around the time I went to Japan, I also like watched some Asian dramas and uh, 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 listened to a lot of Japanese um, music. So <laughs> like Japanese pop and Dude. Japanese rock. So oh my god, okay, we have very very similar, <laughs> very similar. Um, uh, what's it called? not upbringings but like like influences or like we were influenced very similarly growing up sure. um so for me it was when i was like when i was really really young my dad had an nes and a sega genesis and he basically gave it to my brother and i um i can proudly say that my brother and i have kept it until today we still have it it's actually underneath our tv it's just collecting dust wow. sadly because there's there's no cables right now that i have that can hook it up to a modern tv um, but we, we grew up playing the NES, the Genesis, um, and we eventually got the N64 and the Dreamcast. So we still continue with like the Nintendo, um, Sega console until the, the Dreamcast ultimately died, um, and was phased out. And then, um, uh, we, we got a PlayStation two, we got a GameCube, um, and I ended up owning a PS4. So I've always had like like Japanese consoles. I've never owned like an American console in my whole life. And I didn't realize that until like I was in college. I was like, wow, I really like like (laughs) Japanese consoles and like the games that they make because it's, 
they're just so unique, especially Nintendo. Um, and what, and on top of that, I watched a lot of like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Digimon, uh, Beyblade, Zoids, One Piece, like on four kids. These are all the dubbed versions and um, <laughs> kind of tying Pokemon back into what you mentioned about like seeing everything in like a Western perspective and seeing it dubbed. Um, a really good example is in Pokemon, there's a scene where Brock pulls out Onigiri, which is like the rice ball. And he's like, I think I'm going to eat a jelly donut. And I'm like... <laughs> That does not look like a fucking jelly donut, dude. <laughs> and so for a lot of Western kids seeing that, they're like, wow, that doesn't look like a jelly donut, but I guess that little thing is filled with jelly, so that's why he's eating it. But for the dubbing company, they were like, well, kids don't understand that this is a rice ball, and a lot of American kids don't eat rice, so we're going to call it a jelly donut. And if you look at that now, you're like, wow, that was kind of stupid of them, but they had the right mindset back then. You know, um, but I, of course, I didn't think it was a jelly donut because, you know, to me, donuts are round and they're covered with sprinkles. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I digress. But uh, <laughs> I was also, um, like you, influenced by a lot of um, uh, dramas and movies. And then there were even references to Japanese culture, like in the movie Back to the Future Part 3, where um, Doc Brown is working on the DeLorean in the cave and he's like, look at this. It says it's made in Japan. And Marty takes it and he's like, what are you talking about, Doc? All the best stuff's made in Japan. Because like, you know, Doc Brown was from the 50s and Marty was from the 80s and Marty knew that Japan was huge and Japan had such an influence on technology and and cars back in, in that right. time period that, you know, Japan was the king of electronics, basically. So, yeah, I mean, I was like, huh, why? why? Japan is pretty cool, but why? And then... um. Movies like James Bond's You Only Live Twice uh, really, like, you know, introduced me to uh, a lot of, like, some of the stuff that they ate, despite some of the really bad things that they show in that movie. <laughs> like, there's a part where he literally has yellow face. I'm like, bruh, that, that's, that wouldn't fly nowadays. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and then um, in 2006, I was introduced to Naruto. Uh, the subtitled version. My my dad's coworker had a bunch of like burned DVDs of uh, of Naruto, and he he showed us, and I was hooked immediately. I loved Naruto. I still do, but not as much as they did back then. I was like almost weeb level. I wouldn't say that because I I didn't <laughs> want to learn Japanese. I was like more into. Well, I guess Weeb is someone who just doesn't really care about the language. They're just like, oh, the, the subs are better than the dubs. I didn't really think that since I was just like, whatever. Um, sure. It's funny because um, I mentioned Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Digimon, all those games, all those uh, shows. And I, I was actually against anime. I was like kind of an anime hater because my cousins were really into it. I'm like, that's not cool. I'm into American shows like Pokemon. I was a fucking hypocrite. Really? And I, and, yeah. And I didn't know it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, what the fuck was wrong with me? And, um, yeah, I mean, over time I, I grew to appreciate it more and, um, I, I eventually watched Naruto, was hooked, uh, was basically, was, I was a weeb. I was definitely a weeb. And, um, eventually I, I watched a drama called Den Sheltoko. Have you ever heard of this, this drama? No, no. It's called Train Man. It's about a guy who is an otaku and he uh, does all these otaku things every day and he's like a super nerd, but he knows that like, you know, he wants, there's a little part of him that wants to experience a little bit more in life than just anime and video games. So eventually there's like this drunk guy on the train and 
he's like harassing this really beautiful girl and train man goes and he saves the girl from the drunk guy and the girl and train man eventually get together and they fall in love uh this might sound just like a drama but actually this is based on a real life event that happened um uh not not like an in-person thing it it's more of like it was a story on forch on 2chan that's like the japanese version of 4chan the one that came before it and right. uh yeah whether or not the story was true but apparently it, it had some there were some people that figured out who he was but they they couldn't say who because it's anonymous um but there was a whole thread there was a whole story about train man and he was the one typing like hey today guys i did this or today she sent me a package uh and yeah it was a true story that turned into a novel and a manga and um eventually a live action tv show and a live action movie and it's it's pretty cool that there's a movie version that directly ties into the tv show and vice versa so uh that that, that was interesting and then my dad introduced me to that show and that's kind of the show that pushed me in the direction that I wanted to actually visit Japan. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it until I went to college when I was introduced to a bunch of friends who spoke Japanese and, uh, they encouraged me to go to Japan. Um, so that will directly tie into my story about going to Japan for the first time. But um, for you, DJB, what made you go to Japan in 2010? Um, good question. Well, yeah, again, like uh, I guess all those influences um, when I was younger uh, kind of just uh, culminated into that interest. Um, yeah. I guess because uh, it's because you mentioned how like all the, the the mentality that all the best stuff comes from Japan, like I definitely had that from a very young age. You know, I mean, now that I think about it, um, you know, like Power Rangers, I was huge into when I was younger. Oh, and yeah. Obviously, that was influenced by, you know, that we pretty much the best parts of Power Rangers came from the Japanese version. Yes. You know, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, uh Kimberly didn't come from the Japanese version but anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> but um uh what else uh, yeah so so uh I think it was around the time that I had um I had this travel bug I was living in uh Sydney Australia for a year and I had just come back and uh and I kind of wanted you know, I kind of wanted to travel a bit more and, and, and see different parts of the world because it was, it was cool to, um, experience different, uh, a different culture. Um, when I was in Sydney and I'd been to Europe before that, and I wanted to go somewhere in Asia and I, and I knew my cousin, um, was a huge weeb as I mentioned. And so I brought that idea up to him and I was like, Hey, you know, he was graduating high school or he had just graduated high school. So maybe this would be a, you know, a great, like, um, a trip to do uh and and his parents were totally down to like uh you know fund that trip as his graduation gift whoa and so yeah <laughs> and so we were so we were like all right let's do it then um and and yeah and that's that's pretty much why 
it it kind of just came together for us and and yeah just getting ready for that and, and absorbing all the um i tried to learn as much japanese as i as i could in the short time frame that i had um and and also just like uh getting hyped by familiarizing myself with more of the culture do you, so, do you remember so. any japanese Oh God! <laughs> I'm not asking you to say anything right now. I'm just wondering if you do <laughs> a little, a little bit. Oh, okay, just here okay. There. I, I definitely have not used much of it since. Um, sure. But yeah, no, I would, I would just. I remember learning a few choice phrases. That I kind of was relying on my cousin a bit more because he was the weeb and I wasn't. Um, when it came to like um, learning uh, or speaking uh, Japanese and stuff like that, and and also I, I guess I was a little. Um, uh i was a little ignorant to the the uh the fact that i would need to know more when i got there um mm-hmm. so so but but i i tried to pick it up as quickly as i could you know just a few choice phrases that were important to know sure sure yeah so it's funny you mentioned that i um when i went to japan for the first time in 2013 I didn't know any Japanese at all. I knew like some really? basic words, like some just like, you know, hello, thank you, goodbye. Um, but I didn't know any like specific situational words or phrases. Um, and I actually was not supposed to go to Japan uh, the year that I went. And I was so disappointed that I was not going to um, South Korea because I uh, in high school, the Japan weeb phase wore off in my freshman year and I got more into K-pop like, <laughs> like Korean dramas and Korean. Well, who, who wasn't getting into K-pop at that time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Korean dramas, Korean music. Like I was like super into it. I had a bunch of like girl group posters on my walls and, um, I really, really wanted to go to South Korea. Um, but there was a missile scare that happened where North Korea shot a missile into the sea and my parents were afraid for me to go. Uh, and this is in college. So in, in high school, I started really getting into K-pop and then it wasn't until college when it like, it, I was at like peak K-pop phase and I was like, all right, 2013 summer, I'm going to Korea. I had made a bunch of friends that were, Korean from uh from college so they're like yeah yeah come out here we'll we'll meet up with you we'll we'll show you around we'll hang out and I was like that's so fucking cool I can't wait to go um and I, I already had like I already had places in mind I had a whole itinerary booked I um I was ready to go then the missile thing happened and my parents were like uh you're not gonna go and I was like what so I texted my friends in Korea and I was like hey is it okay if I still go like is this is this really that bad? They're like, ah, this happens all the time. You'll be fine. <laughs> and my parents are like, no, it's going to be worse. And I was like, what? How, what? They literally said it was fine. And I was so distraught. I had to like, I didn't make any like bookings or anything, but I had to like scrap all of that. And I was like, I still want to go somewhere. And they said, okay, well, what if you go to Japan? And I was like, well, I only have like three friends I know in Japan. They're like, well, it's okay. Like it's, it's still going to be fun. And I was like, ah, oh, but Japan is just as close to North Korea. You know, like there's, there's, that's true. they're not that far. <laughs> like, they're like, well, we, we think you'll, you'll be safer there. And I was like, oh my God, this is so stupid. And I couldn't argue with them anymore. 
And so I bought a plane ticket to Japan. I made a bunch of bookings. I contacted the three people I knew in Japan and I went. And to this day, I've never been to South Korea. <laughs> I've always been to Japan. <laughs> I feel bad because I, I really should have gone. I honestly felt like I should have gone to South Korea and I still do, but for different reasons now, you know. Let, let's go, bro. You and me. We'll go to South Korea. I'm so fucking down. Oh, my God. You're <laughs> hyping me up, dude. You're hyping me up. Oh, my God. <laughs> dude, I'm yeah, down. because I'm the same way. I, I, I've always wanted to go to South Korea as well. I just, you know, I've never never had the opportunity to, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I've been to the airport, but that obviously doesn't count. Me, too. I've been to Incheon Airport. <laughs> yeah. That was that's my favorite airport. Um, one because everything is pretty cheap, and two, there's no password for the Wi-Fi at the airport. <laughs> because oh, wow. South Korea has like the fastest internet in the world and the most connected country in the world, so I was like, okay, this airport lives up to all of that. <laughs> nice. But yeah, dude, I I really want to go to South Korea. I'm so down to go with you, man. Like that that sounds like a, it's gonna be a fun time. Um. And yeah, I, I, I've lost touch with all my friends from back then. So I literally know no one in South Korea. And if, yeah, I'll, I would be lost. I, I, I used to like study Korean more than Japanese. And I knew a lot of words. I To this day, I forgot most of it except for like, hello, thank you. And how much is this? And oh, and can I get a discount? <laughs> okay i was actually the same way i was i was learning korean and i actually kind of um went harder on trying to learn korean over over um because there was a point when i was trying to learn multiple languages and and japanese was one of them but uh korean i guess i i liked the most i, I think i like i like the um the rhythm of the language if that makes any sense yes yes so so yeah uh, and I guess that's probably why K-pop or part of why K-pop is so, so um, it, uh, it, it's so appreciated internationally, especially in the West. Um, I think maybe it's just because like the rhythm of the language lends more to the music. Yeah. Possibly. But, but yeah, uh, I think uh, I'm about the same. That's all I really remember. Oh, I remember how to say, uh, chusel. <laughs> what is that? Which is, uh, uh, please give me a beer. Oh, when you're at a restaurant. <laughs> oh, okay, man. I got to use that next time. Like I go to Korean barbecue or something. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's, that's useful to know. <laughs> I know. Right. It's very useful. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't regret not going to Japan back then because I've gone almost every year since that, that first time I went. So I, I think th that also kind of hooked me on Japanese culture like that. I, I literally did a 180 from like loving like Korean stuff to like just being all about Japan after going there because I had so many like, like I, I wouldn't say negative, but like mis misunderstood preconceived notions about Japan, about like how sure. it was expensive, how um, everyone was like super nice. Everything was super clean. Um, how like Tokyo was more English speaking than the rest of the country. And, you know, I, I only knew about Japan from like movies, anime, manga, that's it. And then, right. you know, like maybe some travel documentaries. And then when I went there, I was like, holy shit, this is not what I 
I knew it to be like, it's like when you study for a test and you take the test, you're like, none of what I studied is on the test. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt when I first went to Japan. Like it was, it was insane. I remember getting out of the station. This is like in June. It was like so hot. What year was this? This was like June, 2013. Okay. Okay. So this is like after Japan was given, um, notification for the 2020 olympics <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. so they started building um like they started laying the groundwork for a lot of like infrastructure for the olympics um and i remember leaving the station with all my luggage um in ikebukuro in tokyo and going to my hotel and i heard hawaiian music i i love hawaii so much i have like a long history with like visiting hawaii i have a lot of family out there my my family, my immediate family and I have gone like almost every year to Hawaii, especially when we were younger. So I immediately recognized some songs that were playing and I was like, what is going on? I was like <laughs> kind of jet lagged. I stumbled out of the station. I looked and there was a whole Hawaiian festival going on in front of the station. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> like, it was so weird. Um, there was like hula dancers. There's like there's food. I, I could smell spam. I was like, what what is this? <laughs> like This is so out of place um but uh, the people in japan love hawaii as well so it did make sense that there was a hula festival happening in the summer uh but at the same time i was so like jet lagged bewildered and confused that i just stood there for like a good 30 minutes like taking video and pictures and just like you know watching it (laughs) it was so cool uh and yeah that i i went to my hotel after that and it was like it was a hotel with a bar. Do you know what a snack bar is? Um, not in in the Japanese sense, I don't think. It's a bar where there's like a lady she's called a mama or like a mama san and she'll like okay. serve you like drinks. Not like it's not like a it's not like a maid cafe. It's more of like you're here to get drunk or you're here to drink a lot. <laughs> and so this is like this hotel I went to was like a really like it smelled of cigarettes. The room was reasonably sized and there was a bar at the bottom run by the same lady that runs the hotel. <laughs> it was like, okay, this, wow. yeah, it was like a Western saloon almost. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was like my first experience in a Japanese hotel. And I eventually left that one cause that was only for one day because the original hotel I booked was, uh, all the rooms were taken except for the day that I that I had booked, which was the next day. So I had to wait for that. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, what, what year? Oh, no, sorry. Not what year. You told me 2010. What, um, month did you go with your cousin to Japan? It was, um, it was around Christmas time. Uh, uh, so oh, wow. it was in the winter. Yeah. It was really cold. Uh, <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> But it was cool. Uh, one thing I learned about Japan is that apparently Christmas time is more of like a couple's holiday, at least as I understood it. Ah. Um, so uh, that's what some people would tell me that like uh, I would see a lot of couples out around like the Christmas um, exhibit areas and stuff. I think it was kind of like uh, um, I think some what happened was people had mentioned that like what a lot of uh, they what what they do is that they like to kind of get together around that season, like, uh, couples, um, because they just don't want to be single around the Christmas holiday. (laughs) 
Yeah, kind of like how people feel towards Valentine's Day here in the in the states. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it was around it was around Christmas time. Okay, so was it snowing at all? No, no, not really. Uh, it was just really windy and uh, really cold. Oh, okay. You were in Tokyo, I'm assuming. Yes, just just Tokyo. Uh, uh, I was staying in the Shinjuku area. Okay, okay, very nice. Yeah. Um, some fun fact about Christmas time in Japan. It's not just about couples as well. One thing uh, that is huge is uh, KFC, and they advertise this like twenty-five piece bucket of chicken, and it's apparently like a really popular thing for families to have that during that time of the year and oh, wow. like yeah like to get it and then eat it together i was like wow that is like marketing at its finest <laughs> to be honest <laughs> you, you have like one of the biggest american chicken companies just like hey guess what if you want to have a real christmas th- christmas with your family you're gonna buy our giant bucket of chicken and eat it together so funny <laughs> that's fascinating i didn't know that <laughs> yeah it's crazy man the um, world, uh, everywhere in the world loves kfc that's that's one thing you know and everywhere you go <laughs> yeah dude honestly and they all do it better like just fast food in general which is crazy sure. yeah because i remember having well okay there are some exceptions like mcdonald's kfc are really really good in other countries especially japan but very true i went to taco bell in japan i gotta say i was extremely disappointed Oh, I would imagine so. I can't. I didn't even know there would be a Taco Bell in Japan. That's <laughs> yeah, it, there's like two in Tokyo. Wow. Yeah, and um, it it did kind of remind me of Taco Bell back in the U.S., but I don't know. I was just eating it. I just felt disappointed. <laughs> in in what way was it like different or disappointing? Because I I guess because you know how like these fast food chains they. They kind of adjust their menu based on like the local tastes, right? Um, yeah. And what what they like. Uh, so so how would you adjust like a taco for for Japanese tastes? So that's the weird thing. They didn't really adjust it. it everything was the same. Uh, we we got like two tacos and a quesadilla, and we started eating oh. it. And it just, I don't know. It just didn't taste the same. Like, it didn't taste like disgusting it wasn't disgusting enough for me it wasn't it wasn't like bad enough for me i don't know it, it was like too healthy almost not well not healthy is not a good way to put it it was like oh man it wasn't processed enough it felt everything felt like oh. fresh and natural <laughs> and i didn't like it and i was like why what's wrong with this taco bell <laughs> um like it, it did it did taste very similarly to the taco bells you'll find in the United States, but I don't know. It just, it just was different. I don't know. I really don't know how to explain it. Well, maybe that's what was disappointing about it then, because when, I, I just remember when I went to like the McDonald's in Japan, I was like, this is, this is awesome. Like I'm tasting like, 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 uh, it's not, it's not the same as American McDonald's. And, it, and like I said, I was in Australia prior to going to Japan. It's like, uh, McDonald's in Australia is actually really good too, oh, yeah. um, but it's different. And it tasted different as well. But then, you know, being in Japan and trying like like certain menu items in um in Japan that were unique, I was like, you know, this is this is really cool. 
uh you know it, it had even had like some japanese flavors i don't really know how to explain it exactly but just kind of some of the sandwiches that they had so so maybe that's what it was it's just you were expecting something a little more more different and uh unique and instead you just got uh a slightly more disappointing version of the american food yeah i <laughs> think you're right Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah exactly i think you're right and like yeah it just everything was similar i think that's what caught me off guard too i was like I, it looks like i'm just eating taco bell from the u.s i could go down the street get taco bell come back and be like hey i'm in taco bell japan because it looked the same <laughs> the only like there were some differences like they had a melon soda because melon is like a very popular flavor in japan oh yeah yeah and uh i got that and i was disappointed by that i was like this is just melon soda <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but all the other fast food places like moss burger have you ever had moss burger uh i don't think so so some of the Japanese flavors you mentioned in Japan, uh, Japanese McDonald's, like they have a teriyaki burger. Um, they're doing that to compete with Moss Burger uh, because like Moss Burger is basically Japanese McDonald's. But in my opinion, it's a little bit better uh, just because of like the thickness of the patty, the ingredients that they use. It's like a hybrid of In-N-Out and McDonald's and McDonald's is trying to compete with them. So they have to offer their similar things, but in their own style. So, uh, yeah, fast food in Japan, especially when it's America, if it's an American brand, is usually better than their American equivalent. In yeah, my, I believe it. In my opinion, yeah, and in in your in your experience as well. Uh, but yeah, man, tell me more about your your first time going to Japan. Like, what did you see? What did you do? Did you meet any cool people? Well, yeah, see, I think that I'm a little envious of your experiences because um, when I went to Japan, uh, and like I mentioned, it was 2010, and so a lot of the resources that are available even in the last, like, 10 years that have uh, popped up, like traveling resources, um, uh, phone apps that can help you get connected for, you know, tourists and stuff like that. That wasn't really available to me back then. Um, uh, and honestly, like when I got to Japan, my phone didn't even work, you know, like mm. the, uh, the, um, just the network and everything, it just wasn't working. So, uh, I had to buy like a, a, a SIM card, I believe. Oh, in, wow. In Japan just to get that to work. Yeah. And so I didn't even have internet on my phone or anything. So, you know, it was kind of like the the wild west of tra traveling where I would <laughs> I would be in my hotel room and I would just kind of have to map quest an itinerary in the morning and um and then just try to do my best as to figure out how to do that the rest of the day. I got uh my cousin and I got lost a lot of times <laughs> trying to navigate the um you know, the train system there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, uh, just, um, finding certain restaurants and stuff like that was a little bit of a challenge. Um, I didn't really know anybody, unfortunately, uh, that kind of would help me, you know, acclimate to, to going there. It was just kind of us just going and, and just winging it and figuring things out on our own, which was, which was an adventure in and of itself, but it was also very challenging. Um, 
But yeah, but we still were able to hit on a lot of the cool things. I mean, you mentioned a maid cafe. We were at, <laughs> I think we were in Akiba. Um, nice, and, nice. Uh, and we went to a maid cafe because that was something my cousin really wanted to do. <laughs> oh. So uh, that was interesting, an interesting experience. The food was not great. <laughs> uh, it was expensive and not good. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people go there for um, the food, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> uh but but yeah like um uh, uh in that maid cafe there was a uh, uh there was low key tentacle anime on the screens. Okay. Um <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and I I ordered what, you know, everyone says is what you're supposed to order. I ordered the the omu rice or whatever. Oh, um, nice. You know. And and then um and our maid, she, she, uh, it's funny because she, uh, you know, she was trying to speak to us in Japanese and my cousin only knew like a little bit and it was just this really like difficult translation situation going on where she was asking me, um, uh, she was asking me about the dish and I wasn't sure I couldn't really figure out what it was. Uh, that she wanted um uh, or or maybe she wasn't figuring out what I wanted I don't know but uh she kept saying like uh um neko right oh yeah and, <laughs> oh, and like, so my that? cousin picked that up and he's oh, like oh. I think she's asking if you like cats and I'm like yeah sure or I was like hi, hi. <laughs> so, so, she, so so I guess what happened was she was she drew a picture of a cat uh, on the plate with ketchup uh, uh with the the actual omelet and then she wrote my name on the omelet with a heart so all right that's that's cool but <laughs> that's cute man that's cute it's random yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of weird though you're like oh all right that's cool yeah, but but that was cool. I mean, I I uh, I don't think I'd I'd probably do that again, <laughs> just because <laughs> it was super expensive, and uh, I also felt a little uncomfortable being there, even though, um, even though it was it was, it was fun, and I think I think it's like a cultural cultural thing. But, um, uh, oh gosh, what what else did I do? Uh, well, you know what's funny is is you know how like you'll be walking in these big areas. And then someone will approach you, like a maid typically might approach you. Yeah. And then they'll they'll try to lead you to their restaurant. Yeah, right. They'll give you either like a tissue or they're like, oh, come this way, come this way. You're like, I, oh, no. Right, yeah. And so, and, and because like I had mentioned, we didn't really know anybody. Like when people would approach us and try to like, you know, being friendly to us and stuff like that, like, you know, we kind of welcomed it. But then we realized, oh, they're they're trying to lead us to a business and so <laughs> and we would feel bad I, I guess this is something that i always wondered and like um and maybe you might be able to tell me like if mm -hmm. if we just decide decide to like not follow them is that rude <laughs> like would they would they feel bad would they feel upset if that if that were the case no you you shouldn't feel bad you shouldn't feel bad and don't think about what they feel and it is ex it is perfectly normal to ignore them most people do. You're supposed to ignore them unless that's what you're looking for. Um, don't worry about their feelings. To to them, you're just you're just money coming in the door. You're just another person on the street. 
you sh- I I too felt that way. Like I was getting all these tissues from all these people on the street. And I was like, oh hell yeah, I can I'm collecting all these tissues. And my <laughs> my my friend my Japanese friend was like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm getting free tissue. And she's like, yeah, well, don't don't talk to them. Don't look at them. Don't talk to them. Just just ignore it. You don't need the tissue. And I was like, oh okay. <laughs> so oh, it, it's perfectly fine to just walk past it. it does, to us, it might be rude because we're like, oh, we we actually want to like maybe say hi to them, but for for the context of that part of their culture, like just it's okay if you could just walk by and not say anything and don't follow them because yeah, they're, they're just trying to get boots in the door. Okay. Cause so funny story about that. Um, <laughs> so my cousin and I, like I mentioned, we were in, uh, we, we were based staying in Shinjuku mm. and then we had dinner at um, this place that was, uh, I guess already Kabukicho. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you're familiar with the I, I am, yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so we had dinner in Kabukicho and um I don't know, sometimes I think back and I'm like did the owner of that restaurant like uh like do people did people mark uh obvious tourists who drop money at, you know, having dinner and and whatnot. So um, so as soon as we left that restaurant, which is a very was was a very expensive meal, I think oh. it might have been like a, a a a mistake in our our ordering, you know. So the meal ended up being pretty pretty pricey. How much? Um, I think I think uh, it came to about like seventy dollars. I forgot how much in yen, but I remember trans uh, like like doing the math in my head. It was like oh, that was about seventy dollars for just the two of us at the time. Got it. Yeah, and and we were traveling on a budget, mind you. So oh God, that might yeah. be a normal uh, um, dinner for some people, but for us, we were trying to stay stay under budget as much as possible. Um, but anyway, so yeah, as soon as we left the restaurant, we got approached by a guy who was, um, I guess he must must have been from Ghana or something, because we were chatting with him a bit. Okay. And uh, and he starts talking to us, and he's just saying like hello, and and um, I, he must have already pegged us as tourists because he pe- he approached us in English. Mm-hmm. And so he's all like, "Hey guys, I I know a place uh, nearby, a really nice place, you know, like where you can meet some people or whatever." I don't even know if he said that much, but but yeah, we were, but it was just nice to like converse with him because, um, we didn't really know anybody, and uh, and so we were, so we were following him for a little bit, and we were just talking, and he's like, "You so do you guys have girlfriends, you know, <laughs> oh. stuff like that." Um, and uh and we were and we were both single at the time so we we're like no no we're just here to chill you know and and so um he was just teaching us a few japanese uh, uh phrases to 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 learn if we wanted to talk to girls and stuff like that while we were still walking down the streets oh that's nice we, yeah 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 he was a really nice guy and um and then we started to notice that a lot of the crowds around were thinning out as we were walking like as we turned a few corners here and there and uh and then <laughs> it just started to look more and more sketchy oh right the areas that we were going and then oh. my cousin he's tapped me on the shoulder um and like he was trying to gesture me to be like let's go let's go you know like something's something's not right um wait so the guy was still leading you the yeah he was still leading us and oh, we were still talking sh- okay right right <laughs> And I was like, chill. I was telling my cousin, just chill, just chill. I'm sure it's fine. Anyway, um, uh, long story short, we end up 
at the place that he was uh, directing us to, which was a brothel. Um, I, I guess, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Kabukicho is basically the red light district of Tokyo. Yes, and it's uh, notoriously known for being operated by the Yakuza. Right. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> so he tells us, yes, um, like this is a it's it's trust me, it's a really nice place. We have a lot of tourists um, that, that come, uh, you know, that uh, uh, partake of our business. <laughs> oh god and so you know there are a few guys that left uh the 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 brothel as as we were at the doorway and and so my cousin just chimes in thinking we're going to get jumped honestly like oh. or, or or something and he's like we don't have any money we don't have any money yeah <laughs> and and then he's like no don't worry don't worry just just come in and and we can talk and we can uh we can uh go to the bank later if that's what you want to do or something like that oh and and so like i i'm i'm sitting here realizing okay the situation is probably like gone on for too long so i just said i'm sorry my friend but um we we, we gotta go and so yeah we just started walking away slowly and uh and he just kind of stood there staring for a minute and i was like oh no <laughs> but we got so as we were walking away we got approached by like other guys that were trying to direct um direct us to their brothel and and like just flat flat out said sex 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 come here sex <laughs> mm, that sounds pretty normal for that area okay <laughs> sure sure but you know like sometimes i wonder though i you know, I felt bad for that guy for whatever reason, because, you know, we were talking about like, the, you know, the maids that were leading to cafes. And I was like, I wonder if, you know, I'm assuming he might have worked for the Yakuza or whatever. Mm. Like, do you think maybe he got uh, reprimanded for that situation of like, you know, <laughs> pulling us all the way over there? just for us to like flat out refuse in the doorway? I don't know. I, I, wor I worry about like maybe we were being disrespectful, but you know, also we had to watch for our safety and stuff like that. So no, you definitely were not being disrespectful. No is no. And that guy didn't take the hint. And uh, sure. well, yeah, to going back to your first part about it, I think maybe he did because there's possibly a quota that he has to meet if he's working for the Yakuza. And right. if he doesn't meet that number to get people in the door or to like help that establishment make a certain amount of money by a certain time period, then, uh, yeah, then he's probably going to get like, I don't know. <laughs> Like whipped or something? Who knows? Slogged, yeah. Yeah, slapped or punched in the face or <laughs> Get a finger something. cut off. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but... That's scary, um, dude. Yeah. That's, that's, so, that's scary. I, I, I mentioned that story to like somebody else. I'm glad who's you really uh, going came out okay. I think what they told me is that like... From that situation. They won't, they won't harm tourists in, in Kabukicho so, so as to like not discourage um, that market, if, if that makes any sense. Okay. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to like get the reputation that oh like uh tourists are not welcome in partaking of uh you know the business that goes on in the red light district so that's why like you know tourists are generally safe um but but yeah yeah oh absolutely you I just you just got to be careful still though because like they could like drug you or stab you or you know like oh, try sure. to take advantage of you in any way possible because they're they're just trying to make money you know they're, they're just trying to get by too but maybe not in the best way possible sure sure um damn man i uh <laughs> so talking about the yakuza really quick 
this isn't really about an experience I had. It's more of like tying into um, video games. So I don't know if you've heard, but there's a series on the PS4. that are, They're all released now. It's called the Yakuza series. Right. Have you ever played one of these games? I played one of them. I forgot which one. I didn't really get too much into it. Um, it, it was cool, I guess. It was just not really what I was feeling at the time. But but yeah, I, I do. I'm familiar with the series. Yeah, I um, I totally understand that. Um, but I encourage you to revisit it. Uh, Yakuza Zero is my favorite of the of the bunch. It is actually one of the main reasons why this podcast was started in the first place. Uh, because my friend and I that did it, Alisa, she, I, I actually asked her to play Yakuza Zero because I was super in love with that game. And she started playing it. She loved it. She's like, we should talk about this to other people. And I was like, I don't know anyone else that has played this game. She's like, why don't we just make it into a podcast? And I was like, okay, cool. So oh, wow. yeah, that, that game is the sole reason why this whole podcast exists is because we both loved that game. Um, but I encourage you to play it because it, it represents uh, the first one, at least zero represents like uh, an accurate depiction, I guess, semi-accurate depiction of 1980s Japan. Um, and it, it is literally the genesis of the overall story as a whole. So uh, the the people that developed it, Sega, uh, specifically Ryuga Gotoku Studios, they um, they take reference photos of uh, the area. It, it mostly takes place in Kabukicho, and um, they accurately reflect a lot of like what's there, like certain businesses. Um, and it changes over time because the t- the games all take place in different eras and different time periods. So you'll see it change. You'll hear different sounds. What I really like about the games is that they they look and sound like actual Japan to a certain extent. Just like you can literally just sit there and people watch and listen to like all the music that's playing from the different shops. You can sure, sure. you can like listen to like the cross light sounds like the 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 stoplight noises like the beeping um, that happens every few seconds and people will cross the street. Um, yeah, it, during especially during this time of COVID, um, uh, three of the games were remastered and re-released on PS4, and I started playing them. Um, I finally finished all of the games in the series, but these three uh, f- felt particularly like impactful to me during this time because I was supposed to go to Japan this year, but could not ultimately due to COVID. And the Yakuza games were a way for me to be teleported to Japan because of how realistic it felt. Um, not really from a story perspective, but just from an open world walking around the city perspective. So yeah, yeah. that's cool, man. Yeah. If there's a chance that you can play the whole series, cause literally Yakuza zero through six are all on the PS4. I highly encourage you to, to play them. They're, they're really good games to stream. I think because there's a lot of comedy to them aside from the, the serious storylines. There's a lot yeah. of like, a lot of the sub stuff is funny. It's an RPG as well. Uh, but not in like, the traditional JRPG sense, it's more of like a brawler. Um, and yeah, the, the, like the little details from being able to buy drinks in every, every single vending machine to going to like a fast food restaurant and ordering ser- like th- specific things on the menu. You can like play the crane game um, in arcades. You can play basically full arcade games that are emulated within that game. Uh, yeah. If you want to go to Japan, I recommend the Yakuza games. I know my my co-host Elisa would definitely agree that you should play these games. <laughs> yeah, man. Actually, that sounds really good. I might just check them out. I I think after Japan for me, like uh I watched um 
the film Lost in Translation. Um, have you seen it? Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think that, well... kind of hit some similar notes for me because like I had that similar experience where I didn't really know a lot of the people there but I was able to like kind of uh just just take in the sights and the sounds and I think the cinematography in that in that film and also just kind of like the mood of that film and the tone and everything that that kind of that kind of hit a lot of nostalgic notes for me and oh, so yeah. I, I appreciate that film even though um you know, I think that film gets crit- criticized a little bit for not like, not properly like uh, uh, portraying like Japanese culture or whatever. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, I think just just the cinematography was was really uh, gave a lot of nostalgia for me watching that film. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can see how you know. You- after going to that place, you're like, wow, I went there. And you're kind of like living through that experience of watching someone else be there, even though it's, you know, technically it's a movie and you're, you can, you know, watch it anytime you want, but yeah, hitting those vibes is definitely, it's, it's a different feeling, you know? Um, I, going back to the first part of your story where you mentioned how you had to get another, you had to get a phone basically, or no, you had to get a SIM card Mm -hmm. to have your phone work properly. I I had like a, a flip phone at the time. Um mind you, this is like before like uh smartphones were like everywhere. Uh at least it, to me it felt like a lot of people in my circle of friends still didn't have smartphones. Yeah. So I had like a, a little shitty flip phone. I I also printed out maps <laughs> because I didn't know where to go. And literally the day before I left, my mom was like do you do you need a phone? And I was like, I'm actually gonna rent one, um, because I don't have a SIM card. I don't want to buy one specifically for this trip because I think it's too much money. I was still a college student, so I didn't have much. Uh, and my mom was like, Okay, um, do you want to borrow my phone? And I was like, Well, it's still not gonna work because I still need a SIM card. She's like, Well, you could use it to go on the internet if you need, you know, if you find a Wi-Fi hotspot, and you can use it to contact us through like I don't know Messenger or whatever. And I was like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll take it. I literally made PDFs of like the places I was supposed to go to via Google Maps and then just put it on that smartphone and just walked around and tried to figure out where I was. But I also had like printed versions too. Um, so I also, I, again, I, I, I uh, rented a phone from the airport. Um, and the first thing I did was like call my friend on the train. And I was like, hey. I'm coming into the city. What time and where? She's like, oh my God, you're using a phone. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I had to rent one. Um, and then it goes back to the part where I was talking about the Hawaiian festival and then finding my hotel with the small like cigarettes and the snack bar. Um, but uh, I also went to a maid cafe as well a couple days later <laughs> and <laughs> didn't want food. It was actually kind of empty, the maid cafe that I went to. And the first maid that talked to us um, it was my friend and I, and she, my friend told the maid that I don't speak Japanese 
And the maid was like, all right, well, I'm going to bring you someone that speaks English. And I was like, oh, you don't have to do that. She's like, okay. Because I didn't, I was already feeling awkward. So I didn't want to feel more awkward if someone started speaking English to me. And so I was like, uh, don't do that, please. She's like, no, 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 it's okay. So then another maid came out and then she's like, what do you guys want to order in like English? And I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, we just want coffee. She's like, okay, cool. Um, what kind of coffee? So we ordered our coffee and mine had like a little dog. It's like, it, there's like in the, in the whipped cream on the top, it was like the shape of a dog. And I was like, okay, oh, that's, that's cool. weird. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of <laughs> weird. It's, it's pretty cute. And then she's like, all right, before you drink your drink, we have to do some magic. And I was like, oh, no. I saw this on in Train Man because he's an otaku and he went to maid cafes all the time in the show. And now I have to do this now. <laughs> and it feels really awkward. And I had this really awkward smile and I looked at my friend and she looked back at me and she's smiling. And then she's like, the maid is like, all right, now make your hands into the shape of a heart. And I did that. And then she's like, all right, now from side to side with me say moe moe kyun and now your drink will taste better ready and i was like no and she's like okay ready <laughs> moe moe kyun she's like okay all together now and then we did it and she's like yay now drink your drink and i was i drank it she's like how does it taste i'm like like coffee she's like i'm glad you like it <laughs> I, was like, I was like okay and then she left and my friend and I were just like quietly laughing because there's no one else there. And if we laughed loudly, she would hear us and think that we were laughing at her. <laughs> um, I've actually been to a med cafe a total of three times, but hear me out. I'm going to justify all three. <laughs> okay. The first one is the first. <laughs> no. <laughs> the first one was the, well, the reason I just told you because I was curious and my friend was like, I don't really want to go here, but we're going to go anyways because you're curious. And I was like, all right, cool. So uh, that was the first experience. The second experience was um, I was with a group of friends. This is in 2014, so the year after. Uh, I was with a group of friends, and they were all like, oh, what do you guys want to do? And we're like, oh, why don't we go to Akihabara? There's, like, some electronic stores I want to check out. And they're like, okay, cool. So we went to the biggest one. I forgot the name of it, but now it's called, like, Edion. They sell, like, it's like a Best Buy, but, like, Japanese. Mm -hmm. um, so we went around there, just looked for some stuff. And then we're like, oh, let's go, let's go drink. We want to drink alcohol. Um, and they were like, well, we can go to this bar in Shibuya. And I was like, well, how long is that going to take? Oh, it's going to take like 10 minutes or so by train. But looks like it's pretty crowded right now because it was like five and people are like getting off of work. So we're like, uh, all right, how about we, uh, go somewhere else and i was like oh i know a maid cafe we could go to they're like what and then and then um i was like yeah it's this way so we went so we go to that area and then uh there was a girl out front and she had like a sign and she's like yeah she's dressed as a maid she's like come to the shop come to the shop we we have stuff and then my friend he's like this this really tall japanese dude and he's he's very blunt but like in english he'd be like hey yo what's up uh you guys got alcohol up there <laughs> <laughs> and then the, this maid dressed she's like excuse me he's like we're looking for beer or sake or whatever do you guys have that she's like oh yes we do and he's like all right cool he's like all right guys come on this maid this maid's telling us that we can get a sweet deal on beer if we go and we're like what really she's like yeah it's only going to be like 200 yen if we go which is like two bucks i was like what really 200 yen how big is the beer and he's like oh it's, it's like a pint i was like oh hell yeah so <laughs> we we follow this maid up to this maid cafe and she's like all right now 
there's like five of us and we all sat down and like okay it was really weird because we were we looked out of place because there were all these maids and these like otaku nerdy looking dudes and some foreigners we're just like these young college kids and we're like all right let's all just get beer and we all fucking we got fucking drunk at a maid cafe (laughs) we just got fucking trashed and the maid that was serving us she was so chill about it she's like we guys want, huh? And we're like, yeah, we just want beer. And she was, she was just as chill as the friend that asked, like, if the initial girl, like, do you guys have beer up there? So she's like, you, y'all college students? We're like, hell yeah. She's like, all right, cool. You guys want beer? We're like, yeah. And so we just ordered like a bunch of beer and got super wasted. So that was <laughs> the, the nice. second time was a lot of fun. Um, I recommend getting drunk in a maid cafe if you have the opportunity to, because otherwise it'll just feel really awkward. Yeah, man. Next time you and I go together. Bro, okay, we we'll gotta go, go drunk in a maid cafe. We're, we're gonna go to Japan, and right after we're gonna go to South Korea. Yeah, sounds good. And yeah, we'll get drunk in a maid cafe, so we'll feel less awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third time I went, I was with my girlfriend, and uh, we were in Akihabara, and she's like, "Oh, what do you want to do?" And I was like, "Oh." We I jokingly I was like we could go to a maid cafe. She's like, oh yeah, let's do it. And I was like, no, I was just kidding. It's really weird, really awkward. And the first two times I went were not great. The second time was better than the first. And she's like, well, I kind of want to go with you. And I was like, oh, okay, well, it's weird. She's like, yeah, okay, okay, it's fine. So we go up the elevator. We go to the first one, and it's like super crowded. We're like, ah, let's not go to this one. So we we go back down the elevator, find another one. And there's this really sweet girl. She's like, oh, yeah, come to the maid cafe. And we're like, okay, cool. So we follow her. She gives us a little bit of a discount. We go into the cafe, sit down. And my girlfriend's like, oh, let's, let's pretend that we don't speak Japanese. And I was like, what's the purpose in that? Like, we're just we're just trolling the maid at that point. Like, there's no point. And then she's like, oh, it'll be funny. It'll be funny. Watch. So then the maid comes and she's speaking full Japanese to us. We both understand what she's saying. But then I was like, in English, I was like, I would like, you know, like, I was like <laughs> acting like an idiot. And my girlfriend was like was also like yeah yeah can we get this and then the maid was like like sorry uh, sorry what was that I, I don't really speak english that well and then my girlfriend and i just look at each other for like five seconds and then we just and then i think at that point we connected we're like ah we'll just speak japanese because this didn't turn out as funny as we thought it would <laughs> and then yeah and then she's like yeah we'll just yeah, have this and this and i was like and she's like okay cool cool so she gets this like coffee and ice cream and we're just hanging out chilling and then I was like, oh, yeah, look at this. You can get a photo with the maids for like 10 bucks. That seems really stupid and expensive. And my girlfriend's like, yeah. And then I was like, well, what if we dabbed in the photo? <laughs> She's like, oh, because this is like, this is in 2017. This is like when the when dabbing was like super popular. Right, right. <laughs> it was like the fad. So then as a joke, um, she's like, yeah, we could do it together. And then we asked the maid like, oh, can we, can we take a photo um, with you and she's like okay but I'm sorry only one of you can do it and then my girlfriend's like I, I want you to do it and I was like ah man I was like no we have to do it together she's like well we can only do one person in the photo otherwise it'll be 20 bucks and I was like okay that's a little bit too expensive for a photo with some girl that I'm never gonna ever see ever again <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was like all right I'll do the photo I-, I told the maid I'll do the photo and I want um I'll I want to do a specific pose she's like okay cool I'll be right back she leaves. She comes back holding this giant whiteboard, and she puts it on the table. She's like, all right, who do you want uh, to take the photo with? I'm like, oh, I could choose a maid. She's like, yeah, sure. 
So I'm looking at all these girls. I'm like, eh, they, I don't really care. And I look at her and I look at her photo and I point to her and I'm like, I, I want to take a photo with this maid. She's like, oh, me. Yes, of course. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, cool. So then we go onto the stage and this is like in front of everyone. But like, you know, they, they announced like, oh, this person bought a photo. It's like, you know, when, as you know, when you're streaming and someone gives you bits or they do a, a, a gift sub and you're like, oh, right. you know, like this person they just gifted the sub to these people. Uh, but for them, it was like, this person just bought a photo. Let's let's give them a round of applause. So I'm standing on the stage and everyone's clapping for me. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then um, and then she's like, okay. So they bring out their like Fujifilm Instax camera. And she turns to me. She's like, what kind of pose do you want? And I was like, um, I want to do a dab. Do you know what a dab is? She's like, no, what's that? And I, I, I literally did like the dab pose on the stage. And then she's like, oh, you mean like this? And she didn't. She didn't do it like the the way that you're supposed to do it with your sure. your head down towards your elbows, right? She like did it where it was like kind of like a hula dance, and she was looking at the camera. It looked like she was like air bending. She was like pushing something away, <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, that's close enough." So she's like, "You have to choose a hat," and I was like, "A hat? I don't really want to wear a hat." She's like, "Well, you have to. It'll make the the picture more fun." And I was like, <sighs> "I looked at my girlfriend who like she gives like a really big thumbs up. She's smiling, and I was like." Fine. So I put on some bunny ears and I, I do the dab <laughs> with the maid. I, I, she takes the photo. She gives it to me and she's like, all right, thank you so much. The photo will develop or will finish developing in like five minutes. So I was like, okay, cool. To this day, I still have that photo on my wall because it was fucking $10 and why would I ever throw that away, right? I'm looking at it right now. I'm turning around and looking at it and it looks so stupid. <laughs> I look like an idiot. <laughs> Oh man, that sounds so nerve wracking. I don't think you could pay me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> if someone was like, "Hey DJV, let me take a photo with you," you're like, "Why?" <laughs> yeah. So that was the last time I had ever gone to a maid cafe. But, bro, honestly, I will go with you only if we're drunk, though. <laughs> we have to be intoxicated at some point because I don't know if I can go a fourth time. But but how was the food though? Because see, like. I loved the food in Japan. Like that was honestly like when I went to Japan, that was like my first experience getting legit ramen, um, legit like udon and all that stuff. And like, uh, but, but unfortunately like the maid cafe that I went to, their food was very, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> it was, yeah, no, it was very <laughs> mediocre, you know? Okay. And, and like the food that I had the third time with my girlfriend, we both had like coffee drinks and they kind of tasted like instant coffee or like Folgers coffee. It wasn't like, like high quality. It was better than that, but maybe they just poured like a can of rainbow boss into a cup and were like, here you go. It's gourmet. <laughs> um, and we had ice cream and it was like one of those tall Sundays that you see at like one of those classic American diners, you know, those like tall cups. And um, it was, like, stacked. There was, like, azuki beans. There was mochi. Um, uh, there was, like, three different flavors of ice cream. There was, like, strawberry, matcha, and vanilla. Um, and there was, like, cornflakes at the top, as well as, like, some pocky sticking out of it. So that was, like, the most elaborate part of it. But it wasn't the best ice cream. But it was really good. Like, again, like as you mentioned, like, the food outside of that is, like, super amazing. But, like... Sure. The food we had didn't feel like it was dollar store quality, but it didn't feel like it was like worth the price we paid for at the same time. Right, right. 
it was okay, but I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't order food if I ever go there again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I would order like a draft of Asahi because yeah, <laughs> alcohol there is like, you know, you're what you're getting basically. Sure. Um, so going on the topic of food, I, um, I, I had udon the first time I went the year after I had chirashi, which is basically just like, um, raw fish over rice, like a bunch of raw fish over rice, yeah. um, on this island called Enoshima. And that was probably my favorite part of the, my, my, one of my favorite dishes overall. And then I had curry, I had ramen, um, and, um, uh, a bunch of other stuff, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Okonomiyaki. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it. Uh, remind me what it is though. It's like a, uh, people say it's a Japanese pancake. Technically it is. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like cabbage and meat um, that's all mixed together in the shape of a circle, and you fry it over a giant fryer in the middle. Um, but the most interesting food I've ever had was called um, uh, tankonabe. It's uh, sumo wrestlers' food. It's what the sumo wrestlers eat. And... Um, you can get it specifically, not not just here, but um, there's a district or a uh, yeah, there's a district in Tokyo called Ryogoku, which is where a lot of the sumo matches happen, since there's like a giant sumo stadium, and um, a lot of restaurants around there serve uh, chunkonabe, and what it is is soup, um, a soup base with like cabbage, vegetables, mushrooms. Um, and a lot of meat and some rice. Uh, and it's a huge meal. It's supposed to be very hearty because single wrestlers have to eat a lot, yeah. as you know. But uh, that's probably like the most interesting thing I've ever had in Japan. Wow, that's cool. I'm looking forward to trying that one we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. Hell yeah. What about you? What, is like, what was the best and most interesting thing you've ever had? Um. I mean, I remember ordering, uh, I mean, some of this is pretty basic, but like, I just remember ordering like, um, ramen from like a vending machine type thing where, you know, you put, you just push the button of the type of ramen bowl that you want. And then you just take uh, the ticket that, that the vending machine spits out and you just give that to your, your waiter or what have you. And then oh, yeah. bring your bowl out to you. Um, and yeah, man, the, that, that, like, I don't think I've had like, uh, ramen quite the same since you know japan there's a lot of good places that have been popping up you know here in california but uh it's just not quite the same um there was uh it was funny because we were we were just in shinjuku my cousin and i and uh we were looking for a place to eat and there's so many different restaurants and uh, we just kind of took on the the mentality of okay we'll just go to the place where the line is the longest <laughs> yes so that's, that's kind of what yeah. we did uh and and yeah so it was like um it was an udon restaurant uh but it was kind of like chipotle style if that makes sense where you just get a bowl and you you uh you just add to your you you choose your broth base and then you just kind of add into what you want uh in your soup mm. and uh and yeah it was really good I was um I was pleasantly surprised. So <laughs> was it like cafeteria style where you just like take things and put it in there or did you order it from the menu? 
I'm pretty. It was cafeteria style where you kind of like in a in a queue, um, and then you just as you go down the the row, you like um, you just point to what you want, and they'll put it in your bowl. I think is how. It so, was. that exact place is actually in San Francisco, and it tastes oh. exactly the same as probably what you had, and it probably is the same restaurant. It's called Marukame Udon. Okay. And it is exactly that. You just you pick a base. And then you add what you want in there, and um, yeah, and then you uh, you can add some other stuff if you want to. Like there's some fried stuff like croquettes, chicken. You can yeah, put that. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, that restaurant is actually in San Francisco, and it tastes just like the Japanese version, which is very surprising to me. Oh, nice. I need yeah. to check that out then. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Let me know when you're in the city. We'll go together. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Probably after COVID because they're only doing takeout and it's not the same. Yeah. Cuz there's a different there's definitely a feeling when you like when you're in there in the line, you have your tray and you're just like walking through it and picking what you want. Still. And um I remember the first time I went there to the one in San Francisco. Uh, they were playing Nujabi's music from Samurai Champloo, and I was like, "What is this? This is so fucking cool!" <laughs> it's like all just hip hop beats. It was sick. Um, but I digress. So you uh you mentioned udon in Japan and ramen, and it has it hasn't been the same, right? Yeah, I think. I mean, part of it is also just the experience of being in in Japan as well. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, I I feel that because when I had sushi in Japan, I it just that was like peak sushi for me because it was so good that I didn't yeah, know if I wanted man. to eat any other sushi ever again. <laughs> right? Yeah, because like when whenever when I got back to the states and like I would have the sushi and it's it's also, surprisingly it's more expensive here in the U.S. Um, mm. You know, at least based on like the restaurants that I had uh, gone to in Japan. Uh, I went. I went to this. The I mentioned the the conveyor belt restaurant that I went mm-hmm. to, and like most of them was just like most of the plates were just like 150 yen each, which you know is what's the ex- what's that now like the exchange rate? Well, back then it was it wasn't that that much. I think it was like two bucks basically. So, yeah, yeah. Now it would be like I usually equate it to a dollar fifty, but it's actually less. Um, it it would be for us. It would be like I don't know a dollar thirty, which is so cheap. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because strong. the the U.S. economy was actually pretty bad in 2010. So yeah, the, yeah, it's the better now. Was was uh <laughs> was pretty um shit, but uh yeah, this is better now. But yeah, yeah. So that's that's actually still really cheap. A dollar thirty for like uh, uh like a a plate of nigiri, you know, like, damn. <laughs> yeah, you could not go wrong with that. Yeah, it's really good. Uh. Um, what else did I have? I, uh, it was, uh, there was like, um, like, uh, it was ROM. It's kind of like Korean barbecue, but it was like Japanese and it was like an, over like a, a clay pot, I think it was, or a, a stove. Oh, you went you know? to, um, an izakaya and you had, it was a yakiniku, which is basically yeah. just like meat over the fire. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man. That's, that's yeah, so that was... good. That was really good. I'm craving that now. <laughs> I haven't had K barbecue since before COVID, man. So you know, <laughs> I've I've been just, making it. Any of that? Oh, that that's cool. 
Yeah, and I but I miss having it made for me or like, you know, making it all marinated by someone else and then doing right, it yourself. Right, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, been missing yeah. it too, man. What is that place in Concord? Uh, that Gen? No, not Gen. Yeah. Oh, there's is a Gen in Concord and there's an Ogane in oh, Concord as well. Ogane is so good. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, there's I actually re- one like right next to where I live too. But like, I don't feel comfortable going because you know the the outdoor seating is. Some people are okay doing the outdoor seating, but for me, it's like there's all these people walking by and everything. So no, nah, I'm I'm good. Dude, I feel it. Yeah, a lot of SF places are doing outdoor seating now, and I'm like, eh, these tables are a little bit too close together. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, man, um, COVID ruins everything. <laughs> for real, man. For real. Like a lot of business, a lot of businesses are closing because of it. And I would love to go to like an izakaya because there actually are quite a few in the city that are similar to the experience you had in Japan, but Mm. it's not going to be quite the same and it's more expensive. Whereas the one in Japan is like significantly cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's cool. That's so cool. Like izakaya experiences are really cool because uh, one, everything is cheap, but some some of the places you can do what's called nomihodai, which is you pay X amount of money, which is usually like 10 to 15 bucks, and you can do all you can eat and drink for an, an hour or an hour and 30 minutes or two hours. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it sounds Man. like a lot, and it is. <laughs> yeah. This is in Japan? Yeah, this is in Japan. Oh, gosh. See, see, that's the thing. Like, I would never know how to find a place like this. You know, because I, I would need to like kind of learn the language and, and have somebody that could direct me to a place like that because that's what I wanted. But it was so hard to find places like that for me, at least at the time when I had limited access to Internet. Um, and, you know, it was back when there weren't as many resources available to, to kind of find that type of stuff. So. So, yeah. No, I feel it. And now now you're just making me want to take you everywhere that I went. <laughs> yeah, because I let's do it. Yeah, dude, I'm 100% down once COVID's all over because, man, I got to tell you about some of the places I went to. Uh, so, like, in my in my first year, I ended up finding Toho Studios, the the movie company, like, their, their lot, their studio lot. And there's, like, a giant mural of the Seven Samurai poster, but also a statue of Godzilla. And you can just, like, take a photo next to it. It was so cool. Yeah, damn. But uh, there's also a penguin bar, which is you you can feed penguins <laughs> at this bar. And I think the, I've the, heard about this. This. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, it's it's like a regular bar, but their their gimmick is that they have a a enclosure, a glass enclosure with like penguins just swimming and live penguins like swimming around in there. And I think they're like the only bar in Japan that can do it. Um. And uh, I actually was able to feed the penguins and I, I was sat next to them and just watched them while I was drinking. It was weird. It was a really <laughs> weird experience. Um, and then like a few days after that, I went to, um, <laughs> it's called Dungeon Bar. <laughs> it's, you like, you go into this, you go up this elevator and you end up in this black room with like nothing and you walk forward and then you're like, okay, where's the door? How do I find a how do I find someone to talk to? And before you can finish your thoughts, like this loud alarm starts blaring and this light starts flashing. And then you're like, what the fuck is happening? And then the door opens and the lady's like, Hey, come on in. You're like, what the fuck? So they, they jump scare you. 
And then you go in there and then you have like weird food. Like there's like syringes in the food. There's like you drink out of beaker cups. Um, like the food is shaped like skulls and eyeballs. And then um, every 30 minutes, there, an alarm will go off and this the announcement will be like, there's a monster loose. Everyone close your doors because you're all sitting on like these enclosed spaces that have doors that can close and you have to close your door and this dude in a costume comes out and starts fucking opening the doors and scaring you it's weird man oh that sounds so awesome <laughs> i was oh, i kid you not that. <laughs> dude oh my god i was supposed to go with my family this year and i was gonna bring my brother directly there because he's like that sounds awesome i was like yeah we gotta go and it got canceled oh, i'm so i'm so Aww. disappointed dude i really wanted to go there again because yeah. I haven't been there since like 2014. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that uh, there's a there's a Final Fantasy cafe that I really want to go to. Um, All right, I'm, ta- I'm taking pictures. You. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I know man. where it is. It's in. Uh, oh, oh, you've been? No, I haven't been. I've only been to the outside. It's uh, it's oh, okay, in okay. Uh, Akihabara. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When when I it, that wasn't around in 2010 when I was there, but there was a Square Enix store that I went to with my, with my cousin. And that was pretty mind blowing. Um, uh, just because, uh, I feel like that type of thing back then was kind of uncommon. Like things like that will probably pop up here, here in the States, um, more these days. But like back then, just to see a, a store dedicated just to like, uh, square Enix properties and all the stuff in there. And they had like this, they had, um, Sephiroth that was like encased in the ground, like, uh, oh. like a, it was uh, man, it was just really cool, especially you know because I like I mentioned I'm a long time Final Fantasy fan and um, right. a lot of other Square Enix games. Just yeah, so so just seeing all that that was that was really cool. Yeah, that that's definitely like a haven for fans to pilgrimage to. You know. Oh yeah. Um, I mean now I really want you to go to the Final Fantasy Cafe because I've seen pictures too. I've never been inside and I've only seen the outside of it. But yeah, I mean it looks like everything you could want from final fantasy because like i know the food's based off of stuff from the game too right yeah oh man that's so cool like i'm not the biggest final fantasy fan but i would go there just to experience it just to say that i went <laughs> for bragging rights you know all right you, you play a final fantasy game and i'll play a yakuza game how's that <laughs> okay um which one do you recommend to me <laughs> oh uh well i mean uh, well would you would you be more into like the class? Like, would it bother you if you were playing like a retro one, like from from back in the day, like the nineties, or would you rather play something a bit more modern? I'm I'm not really turned off by the retro aspect because um, uh, I have a lot of retro games, and I right. my my favorite console is the GameCube, and so I have a lot of games for that, uh, and I'm I still play some of them to this day. So yeah. I mean I I know that what the games you're mentioning are from a different era, um, but I'm the the graphics are still very similar. But sure. at the same time, I, on on our previous podcast, we mentioned uh, you mentioned to me that I should try the remakes or like you know like Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, you didn't mention fifteen. Is there an issue with fifteen, or should I just avoid fifteen? Well, the thing is, I haven't I haven't beat fifteen yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm getting around to it. I'm trying. I'm trying. But uh, um. You know, I, I probably, if you wanted me to recommend something, uh, I would say probably 10. And I feel like most, most fans of Final Fantasy would, would probably agree that, like, if there's, like, an entry-level uh, entry game that has, a, like, the best of more modern stuff and also, 
the um the classic stuff you know there was an hd remaster of 10 and 10 2 that came out uh what mm. maybe like five years ago so i would recommend that 10 is 10 is well loved is that the one with vivi no that's nine ah okay a lot of people love that one too it's very it's very like if there was like a, a disney disney game like for Final Fantasy, I guess you would say. <laughs> well, what I mean is like it's very mm. like it's, it feels like a storybook, um, like a like a fairy tale, like in the in the in the most like traditional sense, I guess that would be Final Fantasy Nine, in my opinion. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. If that's I what see. you're into, but for ten, ten has like I think it was very like the art style was based from like um, Okinawan. Uh, oh, so it's very like Islander type uh you know like um that type of stuff is that the one where the dude goes ah ha 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 yes <laughs> okay okay yes. i'm gonna play 10 okay. <laughs> i'm Do gonna it. play 10 that sounds awesome <laughs> the dubbed version just so i can hear that right <laughs> <laughs> um okay I, I gotta see if it's on switch if not i'll just buy it on pc because like i've been playing a lot of breath of the wild on my switch and i i just like the portability but also like playing it on my tv so Cool man. If you have a Vita, I mean, I played it on Vita, but I don't. Not a lot of people have a Vita. <laughs> oh, I I don't have a Vita, sadly. <laughs> okay, well, you can get it on PS4. Uh, oh, for know. sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up later, dude. Which is... uh, Yakuza game would you recommend? Please start with Zero. It is Zero. Okay. the first one of the entire franchise that sets the story and the basis for the characters. You switch between two main characters. Um, and get two different takes on their lives and story. Um, and it kind of sets up the mechanics for future games. Although this game did not come first. This game came out much later than the first game. The first game originally came out in 2005. So uh, Zero takes Zero, Zero came out in 2015, but it takes place in the 80s. So Is there a prequel? Definitely a prequel, but um, that doesn't discount it from, from uh, playing it first. You should definitely play Zero sure. first. Uh, All right, cool. Yeah, please. There's a lot of 80s nostalgia, which is awesome, too. And um, again, you get to see Japan in the 80s. And a little fun fact, in the 80s, Japan was experiencing something called the bubble. And it's referred to by a lot of people in Japan as the bubble era because Japan was experiencing a lot of, like, financially exponential growth. And so Japan had a lot of money. They were buying things outside of their country. They were investing a lot of different companies. Um, this happened from like 1986 until 1991, I believe. And when the bubble burst, like Japan's economy fell. And since then, a lot of people have been um, trying to rebuild Japan to that point because they missed the bubble era when everything was like fun and groovy and everyone had so much money. Uh, a little side note, I have a friend um, from Japan. She told me that her mom was a nurse during that time. And in order to flag down a taxi you would have to pull out a 10,000 yen bill, which is the equivalent of $100, and wave it in the air so that a taxi would see you and know that you have a lot of money and they're willing to just take you anywhere. Um, uh, her her mom was so rich back in the day that she would just fly to Hong Kong with $10,000, spend all of it on like designer clothes and accessories, and then come back with a suitcase full of all that stuff. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck, dude? That's insane. Why aren't you rich now? <laughs> um, I digress. <laughs> um, so you talked about the Square Enix 
cafe that, or sorry, Square Enix store that you went to and um, how you want to go to the Final Fantasy cafe. Something that I really like about Japan is that they have places like that. I'm not talking about just cafes, but they have like buildings or areas that are dedicated to a specific brand. Um, one of the places that I really enjoyed was in 2018, I went to this place called Sega Joypolis on Odaiba. Odaiba is a man-made island in the Bay of Tokyo. Yeah. It's just full of malls, and it's known for having the giant Gundam statue. Right, right. Um, so in one of the malls is a place called Sega Joypolis. What it is, is it's a arcade slash theme park dedicated to Sega properties. And I'm not just talking about Sonic. They do have Sonic there. They have Sonic-themed games. But there's like a roller coaster. There's a um, there's like an indoor spinning ride. Um, they have House of the Dead. But it's not just House of the Dead, the video game. You sit in like a moving chair and there's two screens that you bounce between. And you have to shoot all the zombies um, with different weapons. So it's it's like an interactive House of the Dead. There's like a VR section where they have interactive games. There's like a horror section. There's like an like a, a wing glider ride that's indoor. Um, but the the best part of it for me and my favorite part of the whole uh, park was an attraction where it was the initial D game, the arcade game, but you're sitting in actual cars that are based on the game. And the cars move when you're driving them in oh, place. That sounds awesome. It's sick. Oh my god. I, I think about it every now and then and I want to go back. How much did one play cost though? Like four hundred yen? <laughs> so we actually bought day passes that were forty bucks and you can just play everything an unlimited amount of times. Oh nice. Okay, okay. Definitely I, worth it. I remember there were so many arcades in Japan, but like they they were just really expensive and, and like I, I just I, I was I would think like how do people how do they afford you know playing art you know at these arcades regularly, um, but yeah. yeah I know right <laughs> it's like <laughs> I like there are people that go in there daily like play the crane game and then leave or whatever right um, last year I went to round one for the first time it was in Kyoto have you you've probably like been to one there's one in San Jose I know right oh round one is that a that's a Japanese property like, yeah I didn't I, oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, okay. I didn't know that. Like, they had their franchise, and they brought one over to San Jose, and I was like, well, okay, that's cool. Everyone was getting hyped about it. I was like, why? And then I was like, oh, shit, it's because it's Japanese. Like, that's that's interesting. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, Rand 1 is like a giant arcade building in the Japanese sense. I, have, I haven't been to the one in San Jose, but the one in Japan that I went to had karaoke, a bowling alley, yeah. darts, there was a bar. Um, at the bottom, there's crane games, and then every floor after that, there was like seven floors total. They were all arcade games. Seven floors? Holy oh, sorry, shit. it was it was twelve floors. I was. I was oh my god! <laughs> That's yeah, insane. it was huge, and like the the top floor was like karaoke. The the floor below that was bowling, and then there was like horse racing. We can like bet on virtual horses, but then there's also live horses. I was like, "What the fuck? Why would you play the the game when you can just bet on the real ones?" Um, wow. There was like Final Fantasy fourteen. There was like a Halo station. Um, there was like uh, those basketball games. You know, when you go to like an arcade, that like you put like like fifty cents in, and then you just the balls release, and then you just like shoot them in the hoop. So they had that. Um, 
of course, Initial D, House of the Dead. Um, they had like a Luigi's Mansion game. Uh, it was just, it was an awesome arcade. And yeah, everything was expensive, but it was actually kind of reasonable, I think, because some of the games, it depended on the price. So Sure, sure. Still, though, if you go there every day, you're spending a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I, I remember, cause you, you mentioned Odaiba. I remember going to Odaiba um, uh, for the Kamaket convention. Uh, oh what yeah it's one of the oldest um running comic conventions in the world for those that aren't familiar but yeah that was really cool it's just kind of it's kind of strange you know it was a strange experience because um like i had been to like fanime vaguely once you know like when i say vaguely i mean i just visited i, I was i went for a day and i kind of didn't really stay long because I'm, I'm not really into like uh like that that like I, i've never cosplayed or anything you know have you, sure have you ever cosplayed i don't know if you're um I kind of did. I so back in my weeb days, I was like really into anime, of course. And yeah. I went to this convention called SAG Anime. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No. It's like it's an anime convention in Sacramento, California. Okay. Um, and then my my cousins and I were like, hey, let's just cosplay as the melancholy of Suzumiya classmates because it's just a white shirt and a red tie. We're like, okay, cool. Right. That was the that was the only thing I did. So it wasn't really true cosplay. I was dressed as like would look like a, a Mormon a Mormon dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, I could have had a Bible and be like, hey, what's You're up? cosplaying as a Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you seen that Mormon anime? It's like super popular right now. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so when I was at Comic Cat, like it was, it was really different. Like the vibe was really different. Everyone was, well, I mean, in general, like the Japanese crowds are very respectful and they're not nearly as loud as like, um, crowds in the west at these types of like conventions or whatever you know um sure and not to mention like uh the cosplayers like are legit uh, uh as in as in like um they would have they would have like an actual uh like area dedicated just for people who are cosplaying and uh you know they would be like like rows of photographers or whatever around them taking pictures and stuff like that and mm-hmm and yeah, so it, it was cool. It was it was um, it it was it was different than I expected, you know. Uh, but but yeah, man, just uh, just uh, s- seeing all that and and uh, um, I would sneak photos in. I don't know if that was disrespectful. I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no. Yeah. Sorry, so. what were you saying? I cut you off. Because... Oh no no it's fine. It's just because because I guess it's a common thing when you're at like uh, these um, American uh, 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 conventions where people cosplay. It's just a common thing for you to go up to a person and just like ask if you could take a picture of them. Uh, and uh, I felt that you know even though my cousin and I would would try to do that here and there with some of the cosplayers at the convention, like I I wasn't necessarily. It, it just I guess I just felt maybe like am I being a little disrespectful uh you know being some American dude trying to take a picture of you <laughs> you know so oh no I, I think you were fine okay all right yeah because like people in Japan love taking photos and I'm not talking about Japanese people specifically I'm talking about anyone in Japan doesn't matter what ethnicity or race you are you're gonna take pictures because if sure. for Japanese people like some of the things they see th- that we see as well are probably not normal to them. 
like a, like a giant Gundam, for example. Like people in Japan are like, oh, I want to go see it. For an American, they're like, oh, hell yeah, I want to go see it and take pictures. So there's a lot of like the tourists taking pictures and the locals taking pictures because to them, that's weird too, you know? Sure. <laughs> well, I think the reason I mentioned it is because there were a couple, um, maybe like one or two, they kind of waved us off. They were like, no, we don't want our photos taken. So, but, Oh, I see. I yeah. see. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that's yeah. like that's like a common thing in America too at anime conventions where people just like have their cameras out and take photos. But sure, I don't know, sure. some of these guys look a little sus <laughs> <laughs> in America at least. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, Odaiba's dope. Um, there's a bunch of malls, movie theaters. the The headquarters for Fuji TV is there. Um, and oddly enough, there's a car museum, which is strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- I think it's because the to- there's a Toyota museum there too, that must be why. Um, so you can like sit inside old Toyotas or and new Toyotas. I think you can buy one there too. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, Odaiba's dope. Odaiba's a it's a dope little place. Um, have you ever gone outside of Tokyo? No, not really. I I would like to eventually, but um, but yeah, no, at least not the time that I went. Okay, okay, got it, man. You gotta go to Nara Park. You've heard of that, right? With the deer. I have not, actually. So, oh, okay. Um, so Nara Park is a park near Kyoto. Uh, rather, it's a, I think it's a prefecture and a city. Um. And they're known for the deer. And what you do is the basically the park is the whole prefecture. So the deer roam freely around and they walk wherever they poop wherever. And um, if they're in the middle of the street, you have to wait for them to move. Oh, wow. They're also very aggressive, very greedy and very fat because all they do all day is just laze around. And the whole point of going to Nara for a lot of tourists is getting like deer crackers and then feeding the deer. Um, They're fed so much that they're all just fat and they just walk around. But for like for Nara and its culture, the deer are like the spirits. They're like the, the most respected animals there. So it's like illegal to kill one, but it is not illegal for the government because they have to do population control. And obviously right. that involves getting rid of some of the deer. <laughs> wow. awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've only been there once and it was scary because like I said, they're very aggressive. And when you're a tourist and they know that you have food, they will bite at anything and, and everything to get food. Oh my goodness. <laughs> there were like, there were some Chinese tourists near me and the dude put the food in his pocket and the deer bit um, <laughs> the front area of his pants. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God. He's like freaking out. Uh, and I turned to my girlfriend. And I was like, yep, that thing bit his dick. <laughs> like, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and after that, we like we got out of there. Because first of all, it smelled like deer. And it smelled like shit. And we were like, we want to get out of here. <laughs> and the deer were just so scary. Um, but. I'm not trying to tell you you shouldn't go there. I'm trying to tell you you should go there and experience it and then be afraid just like me. Oh, no, sure, sure. I'm, I'm down, man. I'm down for whatever. You know, it's something I also want to do. 
uh, is I want to go to a wrestling show in Japan because I know that, uh, you know, wrestling is actually pretty big. Uh, uh, are you familiar with uh, like Japanese wrestling at all? You're not talking about sumo. You're talking about like Japanese wrestlers, right? Yeah, like, like like pro wrestling. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. I'm kind of familiar. Um, I I had a friend that was really into watching it. Um, but at the same time, the there's a show on Netflix called Terrace House. Have you heard okay. of it? Yeah. Um, one of the members on the show was a pro wrestler, and she was like, yeah, she was like 100% into it. That was her whole job. Her fam- that was like her family lineage because her mother was a pro wrestler, and so. Oh, was this she the had- controversy that happened? Yeah, she yeah. ended up taking her own life, so yeah, it was very sad. But uh, and now the season has been taken off of Netflix. But while I was there. Like I like millions of other people, we all watched it, and yeah, she was she was a pro wrestler, and she was really she's really good at it, and it looked like a lot of fun to watch. So I I am also interested in watching it. Yeah, like uh, one of my favorite um, wrestler, like uh, a female wrestler named Kyrie Kyrie Hojo. She uh, she was in the WWE for a while, and I you know I always root for the the Asians to make it in WWE because there there actually hasn't has yet to be like an actual like um a Japanese wrestler even though Japanese wrestling is so big and so influential in the wrestling industry mm. like um uh, there hasn't been a Japanese wrestling champion yet you know and so I was just I was waiting well I take that back Asuka is is uh I think the first Japanese female wrestling champion in the WWE um, mm. but uh but yeah like just um there haven't there hasn't really been that many um uh, big ones and so i was really rooting for for her to uh to make it but she actually because of covid it made things complicated uh so that she she kind of opted out of her contract i believe and so she's no longer wrestling with the wwe but i was so bummed man because oh, she's man. really good you know and like and i i also like the fact that she just looks like somebody i could have went to school with you know <laughs> oh that's so, so cool yeah but yeah, man, Japanese wrestling is 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 so is so um, influential in in the uh, in the wrestling industry, and uh, I feel like they just kind of get poorly poorly represented and poorly used in um in like Western Western pro wrestling. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where you know you know of it, but it's like it's also like really big only in the country that it came from, sure. um, and. Even though it has a uh, like a counterpart, an American counterpart in this in this respective, like it's like you're aware of it, but it's not as big as it is in the U.S. Another example I can um, say is about like Japanese high school baseball. Now you might be like, "Wait, what? What are you talking about? Like, why high school baseball?" Well, it's actually because there's a tournament that happens every summer um, in uh, I think it's Kyoto. It's called uh, no, it's um, Kobe. Well, there's a stadium called Koshien, and it's also the name of the tournament. Um, it happens every summer, and it, even though Japan does have, like, Japan Major League Baseball, the, the high school baseball is the most popular because it's been happening for, I think, over 100 years now. Um, and uh, the teams that compete are, like, very competitive. They take the best teams from every single prefecture in all of Japan, and they all fight it out. And this is a lot bigger than pro than pro baseball in Japan because pro baseball, you're like, okay, whatever, it's pro baseball. But like these kids, they they fight really hard for for this tournament, and then a lot of them end up 
becoming pro baseball players in Japan. So there's that like there's that aspect of it that like everything's on the line. Yeah. So I think that's why a lot of people really like it. Um, but going back to Japan pro wrestling, the only big name I know in Japan pro wrestling is Masahiro Chono. Have you heard of this guy? Uh, sounds somewhat familiar, but uh, not. Uh, I don't. Nothing rings a bell exactly. He. That's all right. He's a he's a pro wrestler, um, and he uh, he's done a lot of not just pro wrestling stuff, but he's also on this uh, show that happens every year. There's this comedy group called Gaki no Tsukai, and they do a comedy show every single year at the end of the year on New Year's Eve, where they have to not laugh for 24 hours. And a recurring segment every year is that pro wrestler Masahiro Chono will come out and he'll slap the shit out of someone just <laughs> just because he can. And because he, he's so tall, he's like six feet and he's so muscular. And then if you saw him, you're like, oh, shit, I don't want to get slapped by this guy. But uh, <laughs> that's like the most comedic part of him that I know. And I don't know. I don't know too much about his wrestling career, but I actually saw him in person while I was in Japan one time. Oh, wow. Uh, this is really tangential, but uh, in the summer of 2016, the height of Pokemon Go was insane. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> right? And I happened to be in Japan at the same time. Um, so I was in Tokyo at a at one of the big parks, and I was just passing through to meet up with a friend. And there's all these people playing Pokemon Go in the sweltering heat. And I was like, okay, this is crazy and stupid. And I'm walking by, I get to the station to meet up with my friend, but I see a large crowd of people and like a long line. I'm like, what is happening? Is this another Pokemon Go thing? And I take a peek and it's pro wrestler Masahiro Chono doing a book signing. I'm like, first of all, this dude wrote a book? <laughs> I didn't know he was into writing books. And second of all, what are you doing at this station? Like at the shop near a station, like signing books. It was so weird. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's like the only dude I know from Japan Pro Wrestling. But uh, I I do want to watch uh, a match live one day because I think that'd be a lot of fun, just like cheering on, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Japanese wrestlers are known to be way more technical. Um, you know, their their moves are very stiff, from what I understand. It's called like strong style, where like you like it's just. The moves will actually hurt. Like you'll 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 watch American uh, wrestling, and you know there's there's they do like camera angles and tricks just to kind of make it look um, make it look like the hits connect, uh, but mm. it, it doesn't doesn't usually. Whereas in Japan, like a lot of their a lot of their moves are very stiff and uh, um, <laughs> really you know, just just yeah apparently like they just they're they're okay like. Uh, taking the pain you know that's just part of it i did not know that that is that's scary <laughs> i mean it's still it's still um what's called uh, uh a work where you know like the the moves aren't like full impact or anything or they're, they're not like they're they're not um they're not actual like 100 percent pure hits and stuff like that but but they're still like kicks and stuff will still be stiff like they'll they'll, they'll make contact Right, right. Because um, a lot of people say it's like acting, but I heard that's also offensive, so I don't want to call it that. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but okay, yeah. I guess you could say like they're pulling their punches. Is that appropriate? Yeah, I guess so. Sure. But it still looks painful, or maybe the person receiving the punch makes it look painful. 
Oh, oh yeah. No, I mean, there's there's been plenty of um, serious uh, serious injuries and stuff that that happen um, because of these dangerous moves that they pull off. Damn, dude, that's insane. Dope. Um, yeah, pro wrestling in Japan seems to be like a very popular sport. Um, on top of sumo wrestling, just like I guess Japanese people just love wrestling in general, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, um, I think theater also plays a big part in it. I, I'm, I, from what I understand, like you know, Japanese history has a lot of like uh, theater, um, theatrical roots or whatever. So I guess you know that's kind of like a marriage of the two. Uh, you know, um, just theater and uh, uh, Im- impacts uh, wrestling type sports. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Kabuki theater, right. no, all that kind of theater. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, so going back to places in Japan, uh, if you were to go again, where would you want to visit? What would you want to see? Hmm, let's see. You know, uh... I let's see. I I know that there's um different. Oh gosh, it's like these these are things that I don't really think about as much because I know that uh it's 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 expensive. Well, I well you're you've actually explained that it's actually not so expensive if you just know if you know somebody who can tell you where to go, right? Or give you discounts. So like, oh hey, here's a coupon for. Like 50% off this or whatever. It's like, oh shit, I didn't know about that. Yeah, because I guess you you couldn't read it, you know? Sure. Well, honestly, I would rely on someone like you to kind of like uh, give me guidance as to where I'd want to go. Like I I mentioned like, you know, I'd like to go to the Final Fantasy Cafe and and, and then other things like like that. Um, uh, I guess, you know, just food is one of my most, like the favorite things that I like to do when, uh, when traveling. I just like to taste what 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 it's like to be in another country. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, so that's absolutely. pretty much, honestly, what I'd want to do. Like, don't get me wrong, uh, museums and other stuff like that sound cool. Like, I think there's like a Studio Ghibli museum. I don't know if that's still around, but that sounds pretty cool to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I went to that museum. Um, it's it's cool. I think it's I think you should definitely go there if you're a fan of the movies and um, of animation in general because they actually explain how the movies are made because all of it's drawn by hand and they they have like a machine showing you like uh how they use to like rotoscope certain things and also how they they animate certain things um one thing that's really cool about the museum is that they have a cafe where you can buy food some of it is like replicated from the movies mm-hmm. and uh they have beer there that is uh specific to that museum it is bottled by um I forget which company, but like a, a, a re- it's a regional beer. Um, craft beer is really popular in Japan, and a lot of it is regional. Um, okay. So there's like a, a local brewery that makes a beer for the museum, and it's it's bottled in a in a beer in, in a bottle that is uh, that has artwork created by um, Hayao Miyazaki's son. Um, so my intention going there was to drink both of the beers, but when you go to the museum, you have to buy a ticket in advance you have to buy a ticket a month in advance but you can only go during a certain time period because the museum gets very crowded and to alleviate all the crowds 
they tell you what time you can go to the museum, <laughs> which is crazy, right? Yeah. So my girlfriend and I were like, all right, we're going to go to the museum, but it's from four to six and that's only two hours and the museum closes at six. So we went straight to the cafe and we just shotgunned both of the beers. And so we inadvertently got really drunk when we were walking around the museum. <laughs> we are like, oh shit, this is awesome, but we're so drunk and we didn't mean to, but we wanted to drink the beers. Um, we didn't have enough time, so we just had to shotgun the beers and then and then continue on. But um, yeah, I mean, I recommend you go there. Um, it's it's in Tokyo. Um, stuff like uh, um, Tokyo Disney is really cool too. And you might be thinking, well, this is just Disneyland. Well, Tokyo Disney Sea is the California Adventure version of their Disneyland, and oh, okay. um, it's like. It's a re- it's like one of the best theme parks I've ever been to, and uh, I'm not just like saying that because of because it's in Japan, but I'm talking about like food quality. Um, so like, is it is it like um, like California Adventure where they have certain areas that are sort of like uh, a tribute to uh, like um, certain parts of Japan? Not really. It's more of like they're tributed to um, certain themes. Okay. Uh, so like when you enter, it's like kind of based on Italy. Uh, and they even have like a boat ride where a dude will sing in Italian, which oh, okay. is really strange. And then, uh, there's like a Jules Verne section, which is really weird, but somehow fits in with the theme of the park. It's literally called the Jules Verne area. Um, there's like a giant cruise ship that's permanently docked. Um, they have like a jungle area where the Indiana Jones ride is. Um, they have a uh, Ariel's Grotto area. They have an Aladdin area. Oh, nice! So it's yeah, kind of like so an international of... feel type of park, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so the rides are really cool. Uh, but on top of that, the food is really good. One of the staples of Disney Sea is that they have flavored popcorn. So you have your regular popcorn, but then you have interesting flavors like you have curry. You have um, chocolate, strawberry, caramel, and yeah, it's just really, really good popcorn. Like you'll be surprised at how Ooh. good the popcorn is. It's curry popcorn. That sounds that sounds awesome. I need to yeah, that. it's it's so good. <laughs> it is. Oh, that's my favorite flavor. I'm like this. I'm like I was so skeptical. I was like, is this really gonna taste like curry? I eat it. I'm like, holy shit, that tastes just like curry. What the fuck? <laughs> um, but I also recommend on the flip side of that going to Universal Studios Japan because it is like Universal Studios Hollywood and a little bit like the one in Florida less so the one in Florida cuz there's like multiple part multiple areas in the Florida one cuz there's like islands of adventure but um in USJ there's actually a San Francisco section which is really funny wow okay <laughs> yeah. i got i got to check that out so what what is actually in that area that's like San Francisco esque they have a Chinatown gate <laughs> Okay. <laughs> which is not like the one that is in SF. They have uh, the Fisherman's Wharf sign that is pretty one-to-one, but a little bit smaller. Oh, cool. Um, and then they have like uh, cable car tracks, but no cable car. Oh, man. I imagine that would be so trippy to go to, <laughs> being it, from the Bay Area, you know? <laughs> I was. I walked through there, and I took a picture, and I was like, I posted his Instagram. I was like, "Hey guys, I'm in. I'm in his house right now. I came back. 
And I was like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's not real. Uh, it's a very small section of the park, but it is hilarious if you're from the bay and you walk there. You're like, what is this? What is this? What's going on? Sure, sure. Um, but both of the parks are really cool. Uh, people in the western part of Japan will tell you USJ is better, um, obviously, because that's their park. And then people in Tokyo are like, no, Disney Sea is better because it's Disney. But <laughs> Universal Studios Japan is pretty dope on its own. Um, uh, so some stuff that's not theme park related, I recommend you go to an onsen. Do you know what an onsen is? You know, the, the term sounds familiar, but remind me. So an onsen is a traditional bath. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Usually it's just hot water and you just sit there and then you just chill, um, for like however long you want to. Um, some of them are shared so that you have to like go with other people. <laughs> you, of course, the same gender. Uh, and then other times it's a private, it's a private bath. Like sometimes you'll have a hotel room that has a private onsen, which okay. is nice. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely need a private one because I, <laughs> I do not feel comfortable sharing a bath with other people. <laughs> so let me tell you about my experience with that. <laughs> and to not go into too much detail, I, um, I went to one and, uh, uh, I wanted to go to it because I heard that the water was gold and it's called Arima Onsen in Kobe, specifically Hyogo Prefecture. Literally my gold? Friend, yeah, so I, I wanted to know that. And I was like, okay. I told my friend, I was like, I want to go here because the water is gold. And she's like, oh yeah, Arima Onsen. I'll take you there. So we go there. We go to this onsen area. And she's like, okay, I'm going to wait for you out here. Just take as long as you need. And I was like, oh, you're not going to go to the bath because, you know, the even though the the baths are split by gender, I thought she was going to take a bath as well. But she's like, no, I think I'm okay. I'm going to wait for you. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I was so nervous. I was so fucking nervous. I was like, so uh, what what, what do I do when I go there? She's like, oh, just um, you're going to have to take off all your clothes and you're going to put it into a locker and you're going to have a key and just take it with you. I was like, okay, cool. Um, that's it, right? And then she's like, yeah, that's it. So, um... We, uh, so I go, she waits for me there. I, I tell the lady at the counter, like, I want this specific type of bath. It comes with these things and then like a towel and like soap or whatever. She's like, okay, cool. So she gives me the stuff and then she gives me a basket. She's like, okay, when you go upstairs, take off all your clothes and put it in here and then put it in the locker. I was like, okay, awesome. So I go up the stairs, I go into the room. I immediately see, immediately see a bunch of naked Japanese guys, <laughs> all old men. And I'm like, my friend didn't tell me that I was going to be with other people. It's like, I thought I was going to be by myself. I a hundred percent thought I was going to be by myself. And I got so fucking nervous. I looked at the, I literally wanted to turn around and leave, but I was like, all right, I paid $15 for this. I kind of have to commit. Cause if I just go back down with all my stuff, I don't want to be like, yeah, it was great. Uh, let's leave now. <laughs> you know? Cause I came all the way here for that. We had to take like a, like a 30 minute bus ride just to get to this onsen. Um, so, I'm standing there at the locker, like just opening it slowly, contemplating, like, what do I do? Like, I'm so nervous. Do I just wait for all these guys to leave? Or do I just like, do I, do I just dip? Or do I just like take off all my clothes right here in front of them? And I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to get naked in front of all these old guys. And they're all looking at me, by the way, too, because I was not Japanese and clearly I'm not Japanese. So they're like trying to figure that out. But also, like, I guess because I was the youngest person there, because these are all old guys, and I was like, oh, God, I could see everything. And I, 
<laughs> so I, I like, I was like, okay. So I, I musked up the courage. I took off all my clothes and I walked out. And what you're, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to clean yourself before you go into the bath. So there's like a little station, a little row of like shower heads and um, buckets and soap and shampoo. And you're supposed to basically take a shower before you go to the bath, which seems kind of counterintuitive. But um, you're supposed to just clean yourself because um, I guess the notion here is that you're supposed to be clean before you enter the water. Or you're supposed to have like a clean body, a clean mind, clean soul before you enter the the water. So I cleaned myself. Um, These guys are still staring at me and I go into the water. And yes, the water is gold. Um, That is because... Uh, they colored it. <laughs> oh. um, but w- there's like some healthy stuff. I forget what kind of like minerals they use in the water, but uh, the water is actually gold. It, it does look kind of murky and weird in a disgusting way. But when you actually like take the water in your hands, it is gold and it looks pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And so this whole time I'm sitting there, the water is extremely hot. My body is still trying to get used to it. So I'm like kind of like, halfway in the water it's like the thing you do in in a pool at a hotel right where you you go to the jacuzzi and you're like oh this is so hot but then you're like you like put your body halfway in and you start with your feet and your legs and then you, you, know, you eventually put your whole body in um i had that experience except i was completely naked by myself with a bunch of strangers <laughs> oh god that sounds like my nightmare <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um so I did that and I, I just I sat there for 45 minutes just chilling, trying not to look at these other guys who were still staring at me. And <laughs> I think they were talking about me. I'm pretty sure they were. I couldn't hear it because there was a waterfall that was really loud. And I th- thank God that waterfall was there because I didn't want to hear what they were talking about. And I just wanted to be chilling by myself. <laughs> and um, so I finished, went back down to my friend and I was like, that was awesome. In my mind, I was like, I don't know if I can do this ever again. Wait, did your um, friend go to one as well, or did they they were just waiting for you? Nah, she was just waiting for me for like oh, an hour. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fifteen minutes for me to musk up the courage, and then another forty five for me to just be in the bath. Um, so, well, well, let me ask you: if if those sure. other guys weren't there, would you would you have enjoyed your experience? Yeah, I you know. I think I would have more as a first time experience. I think I would have felt more comfortable, but I also looking back now, I'm very thankful that it happened because I have actually been to two other onsens that were just like that, but in different parts of Japan. And, um, uh, the, both of those times I felt more comfortable taking off my clothes and then just going into there with strangers. Um, it also helped that the the second time I did it, was at a private on semi-private onsen um, in Hakone. Hakone is the mountainous area near Tokyo, south of Tokyo. I recommend you go there with um, your wife because there's a lot of um, ryokans there. Ryokans are like traditional Japanese inns, traditional Japanese hotels. And they're known in that specific region for having an onsen and going there um, to experience that onsen. What you get is you get a nice big room that is like, it looks like a traditional Japanese room. Um, You get access to the bath at a certain time. And for breakfast and for dinner, you get a large Japanese meal. Like there's fish, vegetables, sweets, um, rice, 
everything you can think of. Like, there's a little bit of it. There's a little bit of sushi, a little bit, bit of chicken, meat, beef. Um, and uh, uh, going back to the onsen part of it, there weren't that many people. There weren't any guys in there when I went to that that onsen. And um, there's like one other dude, and then he left. And so I was literally by myself for like an hour and 30 minutes, which was nice. awesome. And my girlfriend was like, oh, how was it? I was like, oh, it was awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, I was actually alone the whole time. She's like, what, really? There was like 20 other people in the girl section. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of sad for you. But uh, it was fine because we actually got to go to an on, like a private room together. There was a private onsen room that you can book for an hour um, just for couples. So that was really cool. Ooh, nice. Yeah, man. That um, sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then the third time I went to an onsen, uh, it was in Yokohama, which is also south of Japan, but not as far south as Hakone. And it was just like the first one I went to. The water wasn't gold, but it was a little bit more chill. There was a view of the ocean, which is awesome. And there weren't that many people there either. But at this point, I was very, very comfortable just like taking off my clothes and putting it in the locker and then going to the onsen by myself. Uh, that was chill. And then I found out later from a friend who went there the day before. He was like, oh, did you go to that onsen? I was like, yeah, it was super awesome. He's like, oh, yeah, the Yakuza one, right? I'm like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, the, that, that one's owned by the Yakuza. I was like, uh, why? What? Really? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, well, nothing happened. I was, I'm was, i okay. He's like, okay, we'll just, just want to let you know for the future. And I was well, like, okay, I'm well, not going to go What are the dangers there. exactly, though? Um, like, what are the dangers of going to a yakuza on a business like that um i guess for people in japan it's like a scary thing because if you see people in an onsen with tattoos tech well first rule of thumb is it's kind of like a common thing is you're not supposed to have a tattoo if you go to a public bath because um it's it's illegal and the whole point of having a tattoo and going to a public bath was to ward off the yakuza from going um but if it's an onsen owned by the Yakuza, then um, it's okay for the Yakuza to bathe there. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, so it wasn't really bad. It was just like my friend was like, oh, yeah, it's just, it's just scary because like they could like talk to you or tell you to come there or like like mess with you, like just like bully you basically. Yeah. And he's like, I'm glad that didn't happen to you. I'm like, yeah, I was, it was fine. I was with a bunch of old guys unless they were the Yakuza, but they didn't talk to me. So it's fine. <laughs> I mean, you're yeah, I, you're patronizing their business, so. That's true. I gave them money. <laughs> <laughs> but if you uh, if you ever have the chance to, yeah, try to try to do one, like preferably a private one. Yeah, maybe. definitely a private one. <laughs> <laughs> it I, is really really nerve wracking. It just reminds I I watched like a Japanese prank video where it's like you know it's it's this one guy he goes to a, a one of those by himself, and uh, you know there's a camera a hidden camera. And oh. then all at once, 30 huge guys just run in and jump in the bath with him. And so he's just like squished up against the wall. And they're all just sitting there like silently, like it's a normal thing. <laughs> I've seen that video. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. 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 And he's just sitting there. He's like, he's like, fuck. And there's all these like big dudes just around him. <laughs> yeah. That I'm sure one of the, the scary things is that the rock, the Yakuza roll deep. So you don't want to be around cause they're like all loud and splashing and like, you know that's their space like instead of them coming to your space you're now in their space right? right so you have to like play by their rules and you know if you don't drive with that then either get out or get punched 
not get punched. That's a little bit too extreme. But, you know, you just have to listen to what they say. Sure. But, uh, yeah, man. Um, I mean, I, I honestly, like, I'm not even joking here. And I'm not just saying this because we're on the podcast together. But I actually do want to go with you. <laughs> yeah, man. To Japan. Sounds good. Like, I think we'll have a good time. I mean, we'll bring our significant others and they'll have fun too. <laughs> right. How have you, uh, you know, now that you're an avid traveler to Japan and, you know, you've picked up the language and everything, like, do you, do you, um, feel like a foreigner when you go still? Like, do you, uh, like response towards you? Like, have you, um, uh, you know what I'm asking? Like, do, do you feel comfortable already? Like when you go to Japan? Wow. That's an interesting question. So when I go to Japan, now that I've been a few times, I still feel like a foreigner and I constantly do when I'm there. Like I, I'm very self-conscious of it because, um, you know, being a foreigner in Japan is not a bad thing. It's, it's more of something that like people will know that you're a foreigner. They're like, they're like, okay, you're, you're not from here. So we have to like treat you differently. Basically when you're a Japanese person, there's different standards that you have to adhere to, but I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. You can actually get away with a lot of things as a foreigner because you can play, I'm the foreigner card. And, um, it's okay. Uh, because the Japanese people are like, okay, you're not from here. You didn't know what you were doing and it's okay. We'll, We'll let you, we'll let you pass. But just don't do it again, you know. But if you're a Japanese person, they have a lot more higher expectations of what you're doing. Oh, um, wow. I wish I, I have wish gotten... America was more like that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's the opposite, where Americans are kind of like, "Oh, you got to be like us," and you know. So <laughs> yeah, the the good thing about being an American is like, oh, you could be whoever you want to be, right? <laughs> sure, that's true. But that that's the nice thing, and that's I guess one of the staples of living in America is like, yeah, land of the free, home of the brave. Um. Whereas Japan is like, okay, we're all organized and you have to adhere to these things and you have to be this way, which is kind of bad in the long run. We can talk about Japanese work culture, but that's a whole other topic that'll take a long time. But um, uh, as far as comfortability goes, I think I do feel more comfortable um, being in Japan because I, I do know a lot more Japanese than I now than I did back in 2013. So I feel more comfortable speaking it, but I don't feel as confident when I'm there speaking it. Sure. Um, because first of all, there's a lot of different dialects in Japan, like Osaka, Kyoto have their own way of talking, their own different words. Um, and I'm still like on the Tokyo dialect where it's like the quote unquote standard Japanese. So when you go to Japan, you think of like, oh, there's a certain way to say thank you, which is like arigato. There's a certain way to say hello, you know, which is like depending on the time of the day. But in the Kansai area, they have what's called Kansai Ben. And then they have in Kyoto, there's a word or sorry, in Kyoto and Osaka, there's a word called Okini, which is the Kansai way of saying thank you. (laughs) It's like that's completely different than what I learned. So, you know, when you're learning Japanese, they don't tell they don't teach you specifically the dialects and the regional dialects. Um, So funny story and some context um one of my friends she's from southern osaka and the dialect there is very very strong so the equivalent would be in in japanese would be having a southern accent in america okay so like if you go to the south in america and you hear someone talk with like a southern drawl sometimes you don't know what they're saying um for me visiting 
my friend's family in southern Osaka was like I was in a whole other world because they were speaking a whole other dialect of Japanese that I did not know. I actually met her grandparents and of course they're like deep into that accent and I was sitting there so confused because I understood some of the words they were saying but a lot of it was the the Kansai dialect and I was like oh my god this is their accent is so strong I don't know what's happening but they're talking about me I know that for sure and I'm just smiling and nodding and trying to speak ja- like regular Japanese but they would respond in Kansai Ben and I'm like I don't know what she's saying <laughs> wow that's cool but I mean, yeah I didn't even realize that you know yeah yeah um Another fun fact about Osaka is it's known for its entertainers and like a lot of comedians actually come out of Osaka. So on TV, when they're showcased on TV, um, for a lot of Japanese that's, that speak the, the standard dialect, hearing Kansai Ben to them is like, oh, that's the funny language or that's like the funny dialect. So when people speak with Kansai Ben accents they're like oh yeah that they're they're from the area that has the comedians or they're from the area that is where the comedians are from so it's kind of interesting that the Kansai dialect has that notation but um it's pretty cool all the same so when you say that they're a different dialect is that is that like a, a whole different language on its own or is it just kind of like a it's just like a a form of the language because you mentioned like it's it's similar to like just um like uh, the American South or whatever, where they're still speaking English, but they just have like certain ways of saying things and and certain uh, phrases that they might say. Is it is it is it is it like that, or is it completely like a different dialect, like a different language on its own? It's a little bit of both. So it depends on where you're from, um, and how you speak that language and how you use it. Um, I'm sorry, how you use that dialect. So uh, an example would be. In standard Japanese, there's the word hontoni, which means really. But in Kansai Ben, it's honmaya, which is really, but it's also in that accent. And you could clearly see that there's different like phonetics and vowels and words that sure, are sure. different you know, ways that it could be used. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I personally love the Kansai dialect. Uh, I want to learn it, but it's difficult because I, I only know the basis of Japanese, but I want to branch out. But I need a teacher, you know, to yeah. teach you that. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, it is a little bit of both. Some people can just speak their dialect in a whole a whole sentence using words that are different from actual Japanese. But I'm sorry, standard Japanese. But uh, they they will have like standard Japanese words like sparse throughout their sentences or what have you. Fascinating. Yeah. And different regions of Japan have their different dialects. Um, some of them stemming from either the people that were there a long time ago or from the culture that was there um, a long time ago. It's crazy. But yeah, man. Um, is there anything that you've seen in the media that you've been like dying to do? Like maybe do the Mario Kart thing or like go whiskey tasting or see a specific museum? Is there like one thing if you could go to Japan right now and do aside from the cafe you mentioned? <laughs> uh, you know, I think I would just like to see more of the the natural sites, you know, like um uh you know, go to a uh maybe like see Mount Fuji or I watched a re- recently a documentary about um I mean this is kind of dark, but uh um uh, the the uh, the suicide forest 
um, uh, Aokigahara. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I it is kind of a sad and dark type mm-hmm. of thing, but I I uh, definitely think that like it's it's just it's fascinating, and uh, I'm I'm into like some scary stuff. I know that like next month is October, so I have like um a lot of like scary like stream stuff planned, uh, for my Twitch stream, you know. So mm-hmm. um so just things like that, like uh uh, you know, just discussing areas that have just sort of like this scary context to them uh but uh yeah i mean those are the types of things that i would like to see more of more like um uh natural sites and uh are there any that you would recommend that you're familiar yeah i i would say go to kyoto kyoto is known for being like one of the capitals of japan way back in the day um it's got a lot of like temples there's kiyomizudera there's also ginkakuji which is the Golden Temple, and then its opposite version, Kinkakuji, which is, uh, oh, do I have those mixed up? There's a Silver Temple and a Gold Temple. Um, I think Kinkakuji is the gold one, and Ginkakuji is the silver one. Fun fact, Nintendo is based in Kyoto, and the, the, the games Pokemon Gold and Pokemon Silver are based on those temples. At, at least, oh, wow. like, um, certain aspects of the, I guess, the color convention, but also the bird. Ho-Oh is based on one of the deities that sits atop the Golden Temple. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I rec- yeah, like Go ahead. The, just the historical stuff um, would also be really cool. You know, that's something I really, didn't really get a chance to see much of. I went to Asakusa. Yes, yes. Um, uh, and that was, that was awesome, but, uh, you know, I'd just like to see more of that. Oh, as well. you'll love Kyoto then um, because it's got all of that plus more. Um, something really cool about Kyoto is that um, like wearing yukatas, kimonos, and like stuff like that are very welcome in that city, or it's not really welcome. I wouldn't say it's welcome because you could technically wear, technically wear that anywhere, but it's more common to sure. see people wearing that traditional garb because that's like the yeah, city yeah. that is known for that. Um, there's a street called Gion, and um, it's basically modeled after ancient Japan. So you'll see like tourists as well as locals wearing traditional outfits, just walking around, just just chilling. You know, it's it's funny because you'll see like a woman wearing a full kimono. She has like the full like makeup on the white face with like the red lips and the the pointy black eyebrows, and then she pulls out like an iPhone 10. You're like, okay, <laughs> my my immersion has been <laughs> dispersed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you'll really like Kyoto because it's. It's got that historical flair. It's also got like that, the, like the traditional Japan sense, um, but still being modern at the same time. Yeah, that's definitely something I, I'd like to see more of. You know, as much as I, I love all the like the, uh, um, uh, you know the the modern stuff uh, to check out. You know, uh, that was that was what I kind of heavily. Uh, 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 that was my most of my experience last time I went to Japan. I see. So I would like to, you know, go more into like a lot of that stuff, historical stuff, and uh, natural sites. Well, shit, man, I'll take you. We'll go to Nara right after and get bitten by deer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So really quick, um, you mentioned the suicide forest, and um, I have a spooky story for you. Okay. So I had a buddy in college who studied abroad in Japan. He's Japanese American. And, um, it was, it was always one of his dreams to just 
be in his home country because his parents are from there. And um, he had a friend who was like, hey, Shogo, his name is Shogo. Uh, my friend's name is Shogo. And he's like, Shogo, let's go to the um, let's go to the suicide forest at the base of Mount Fuji. And my friend was like, hell no, I don't want to go there. Like, that's why would you want to go there? He's like, I just I want to hike around there. I think it's interesting. And then my friend Shogo was like, all right, I'll go with you because I don't want you to go by yourself. Because he was like, his friend was like, I, either I'm going to go there with or without you. So they both go there. They're hiking around and there's a certain path you have to follow because if you don't follow it, um, you'll get lost because all the trees start looking the same, especially when the sun starts going down yeah. and it just gets really, really dark. It gets dark fast because there's so many trees covering the sky. Um, and so they start walking in. There's a sign that says Aokigahara Forest. Below it, it says, if you're feeling unwell, please call this number. It's basically like telling you, your friends and family love you. Remember that before you go into the forest. Right. And my friend right. started getting a cold feeling. He was like, I don't know if we should go here. But his friend was like, no, we got to keep pushing on. I want to see what's inside. So he's like, all right, let's go. So they keep walking into the forest. And my friend stumbles upon this little toy. It's like a little T-Rex inside of a ball, a plastic ball. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And... um He's like, should I take this? And his friend's like, yeah, yeah, just just bring it back to, you know, the lost and found because there's like a there's a lost and found like building in front of the uh, the forest. So they keep going into the forest, and eventually they start finding like campsites, empty campsites, with like sleeping bags yeah. that are covered in dirt and dust. Um, and uh, my friend's friend just starts poking through the things, and uh, Shogo's like, dude, like, what are you doing? And the other guy's like, uh, I'm just. I'm just checking it out. I, I want to see if these people like, left anything good. He's like, dude, that's fucked up. That's these people probably don't aren't. Yeah. These people probably know. aren't here anymore. Like you shouldn't touch those things. He's like, all right, not just that, but they could be haunted, it, you know, like you could be taking something that has like a spirit attached to it. Yeah, no, well. no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, my, my friend's friend is like, all right, all right, cool. So they, they go past it and they go further and then they just, they see a campsite, but they also see like a string doll attached to a tree in front of the campsite. And they got this like shivering feeling down their spine. And he's like, okay, we got to turn back. It's 4 PM. The sun's going down. And I just saw that. And this is fucking scary. So they start walking back, but it starts getting like darker and darker. So they're like kind of sprinting, not sprinting. They're like jogging back. And my friend trips, he, he like he falls in a way that it like should have sprained his ankle or like like it should have hurt him in a really bad way and he's like fuck like my leg hurts and he's like and then his friend's like okay it's okay we'll we'll go to the the park station and we'll 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 like we'll recover and we'll we'll see if you're actually hurt so they go there and um my friend pulls out his little T-Rex toy and the right foot of the T-Rex toy is broken the same exact foot oh, that he man. tripped on and should have broken. No way. And he's like, fuck. This was like like one of those sacrifice stones that like saved him. Like he really believed that. And I believe him. And he looked at his friend. He's like, dude, look. He's like, yeah, it's just a T-Rex stone. He's like, no, the, the right foot is broken. That's the, the foot that I should have like sprained. That's the one that I should have broken. And then like they go up to the park rangers, they're like, look, look this, look at this, look at this. And he told them the whole story. They're like, wow, that's really cool. He's like, yeah, can I keep this with you? So he like left it with them in the lost and found. And yeah, like to this day, I'm like, dude, that's such a trippy story because it's like that little toy like took 
took the fall for him, like literally. Yeah, my God. It's like, oh my God. It's a good thing you didn't keep it, honestly, because, well, I mean, maybe it was a good luck charm and everything, but honestly, to take something like that with you, oh. In his, yeah, the way he explained it was like, it was his good luck charm and the luck ran out. So if he kept it with him, it would have just cursed him sure. from that point on. Jeez. Dude, I'll, yeah. Yeah. I, in the documentary that I watched about it, you know, they talk about how like people will go to that forest, uh, you know, contemplating taking their own lives. And and they'll um they'll have a ribbon. Oh with yes, them. and uh, and yeah, it's it's basically like because you know like you mentioned it's it's really easy to get lost mm. in there, and so what they'll do is they'll take the ribbon as sort of like their their way of um uh just in case they change their right. mind they can find their way back out, and so technically like you know if you find a ribbon in that forest you could just follow that ribbon and maybe you'll find somebody who just basically didn't take their way out. You know, they just, they ended their life. So yeah, it's, it's like a string they leave, right. To like let them know how to get out. Yeah. I think my friend mentioned that he, they found one of those and they just followed it to a campsite and then they were like, this is fucking scary. (laughs) Yeah. Fascinating, but very freaky shit, dude. Like seriously. Damn, ah, oh, man, dude, that's crazy. It's it's been fun chatting with you about Japan. Um, were there any other things you want to talk about? We've been going for like two hours now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we don't want to go too long. I know because uh, we could probably go on for a lot longer if we wanted to. You know, dive deeper into everything. But yeah, um, I've been. I feel like I've no, I've talked I mean... too much. <laughs> No, no, no. You're good, bro. Because, I mean, obviously you have way more stories and it's fascinating to hear from, like, um, the stuff uh, that you've been through, you know, because that's something that I think I've been interested in chatting with you about for a long time since we've known each other for a while. Yeah. But we never really got to chat about this stuff. And now we can. Um, I mean, there's a lot more that I do want to talk to you about, but I'll save it for when we're in person. (laughs) Sure, sure. But, um... Uh, if you'd like to follow this podcast, go to www.downtime.live. You can click on the contact button to leave us a comment or question. You can also email us the old-fashioned way at contact at downtime.live to send us a question or comment. You can join our Discord on our website if you click the community button. But you can also find a link to our Discord in the description of wherever this podcast is hosted. Speaking of that, we are hosted on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, a bunch of platforms. You can leave a comment on any of the platforms uh, that comments are available on, and we will read it on the podcast. We have a Twitter. We have a Steam group. And um, if you would like to follow DJ Bibinkahan, you can go to twitch.tv slash DJ Bibinkahan. That's DJ B I B I N K A K. Sorry, K-A-H-A-N. I almost got it. I almost got it. You can also follow him on Instagram and Twitter under the name at DJ Bibinkahan. Again, that's DJ B-I-B-I-N-K-A-H-A-N. Um, you can also listen to yeah. him on the Bastos podcast. That happens. Do you guys record every Sunday or is it like every two weeks? No, it's uh, uh, once a month. Got it. Sorry about that. Once a month. Um, A link to the Bastos podcast on Spotify will be in the description of wherever this podcast is hosted. 
anything you want to add about yourself, DJB? Well, yeah, I mean, just uh, fingers crossed. Um, it's been difficult um, trying to book our next guest for the Boss podcast, but uh, so far we have him scheduled, and hopefully it falls through. It's going to be um, Rex Never Ready. Awesome. OG Bastos comedian for uh, the next Bastos podcast. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. There you go. And, uh, yeah, and if uh, y'all are interested to come through on my Twitch stream, uh, just, you know, like, I like discussing about anything regardless of what I'm playing. So if you guys want to talk more about, like, uh, Japan or just uh, Twitch Twitch stuff, you know, just mention it in chat and we'll have a discussion, you know. So, um, and like I did mention for next month uh, is October a lot of Twitch streamers like to do this, and so I, I'm definitely going to be um, doing a lot of like uh, scary games in the month of October. Uh, I have a, a stream uh, that I like to do uh, with uh, my wifey, and we just kind of react to paranormal videos um, that uh, that uh, are on YouTube, supposedly real ghost spottings and stuff Ooh. like that. So, yeah, I will be watching <laughs> that one. With one eye open, <laughs> I'm gonna be scared the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he uh, he also sings in Japanese, guys. So that's that's also cool. Or I no, you do a good job. <laughs> you do a really really good job, and I enjoy it every time you sing in Japanese. I smile, dude. It's awesome. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, guys. Uh, yeah, man. Um, so everyone, thanks for listening to podcast side quest episode 145 stay safe stay healthy see you guys next time later guys